Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on February the 28th, 2017. I'm your host, game psychologist, and with me, as always, the composer himself. Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played. We'll have our monthly game club, which this week is If My Heart Had Wings. We will have a discussion about future game club episodes. Jim Sterling won his lawsuit against Digital Homicide, and we're briefly going to talk about it. Your right to repair your console, should you be able to. Xbox releases something called Game Pass, and we'll have our weekly community corner, and potentially another Steam uh, list. Timestamps will, of course, be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Uh, good evening. How are you, sir? Uh, doing all right. A uh, little sleepy because I needed to get done with if my heart had wings i underestimated that game just how long it is (laughs) it's very long very long but we will get into detail about that when we get there not saying that's a bad thing no no um turning on my music back on this week's podcast brought to you by goldfinger specifically 99 red balloons that's gonna be on repeat for a while and then when i get tired of it i'll go listen to something else as Jared slowly goes, well, I can't say slowly goes mad because he's kind of already there. Oh, but yeah, then again, maybe. we're all mad here. <laughs> <laughs> Send help. If if I'm not too lazy, I'll put like a lightning bolt sound effect behind that or lightning strike. <laughs> like that's what I thought of like a horror movie, like the cheesy you know, evil laugh, and then there's a, a, a lightning strike in the window behind <laughs> the the mad scientist. That's probably too much work, though. Yeah, that would require you to actually do work. Yeah. Who wants to do that? Yeah. Were you... You just kind of trailed off there. Were you going to say something? Uh, well, I was uh, uh, dropping a gif in. Oh, Nice. Yes, I want to accept this file. Farnsworth. Oh, I have to download it. I don't want to download it right now. Fine, then we'll just... We'll put it randomly in Discord and make them wonder what the fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. So, I was going to ask you another question, but I got completely derailed (laughs) by that, and I don't know what that question was, so... Screw it. Must not be very important, then. Screw it. We'll do it live. That's right. We'll do it live. Uh, do you want to just jump into games that we played? Uh, sure. Why the hell not? Let's uh, start bitching about Ubisoft. All right. Go for it. Oh, I tried out the Ghost Recon Wildlands beta. And what did what, what did I expect? I tried a beta for a AAA Ubisoft game. Did you expect towers? Actually, I never even got to a tower because the game ran like shit. Oh. Let's put it this way. I couldn't get the uh, game to run at an acceptable frame rate. Period. And this includes going to very low where it starts looking like a PS2 game. Because they use so many uh, uh, real-time lighting effects to actually make the game look decent. Yeah. That whenever you turn them all off, oh my 
God, it's horrible looking. On the very high preset, it was running at between 40 to 30 FPS. Okay. Yeah, not acceptable for a shooter. Right. I mean, on very high, okay, fine. You might not. Well, the, well that's have the thing is that there's enough stuff, but. On my 480, and the thing is, it was, uh, the issue seemed to be with the uh, graphics card and not my processor for once. Okay. And there was a lot of people complaining that the game just was running like ass on AMD uh, video cards. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So just not optimized for AMD. Not optimized for AMD at all. But I did uh, just, yeah, bite the bullet and I was, thought, okay, how does the game actually play if I could get past the frame rate? Uh, yeah, being console-rific. I mean, you're running constantly above 30, so you're yeah. still doing better than consoles. Yeah, true. Oh, and, sick burn consoles. Sorry. And my god, the AI is brain dead in that game. Let's put it this way. Okay. Uh, th- th- this this is essentially GTA mixed with Ghost Recon. Alright? Okay. Or, or, or I guess a more appropriate thing would be Far Cry mixed with Ghost Recon. Where you go to various outposts to do your missions. Uh you're able to approach it from different angles, which on the uh, outset doesn't sound that bad. But if you're playing solo, you have to use your AI squad. I mean, you have to use them. They teleport to you if you have them hold and you go too far. If you get on a dirt bike and uh, drive halfway across the fucking map, when you get off the dirt bike, they teleport to you. Talk about immersion breaking, huh? <laughs> That's just that futuristic technology that the, the ghosts have. And it must be also the uh, futuristic technology to allow me to go down a hillside, bouncing off boulders on a dirt bike, and never getting thrown off. You're, you're just that good. That's all there is to it. But, okay, okay. Uh, let, let's get to the AI for the for your teammates, because that's, that's where this game just uh, made me sit in awe at how... Fucking stupid it was. I went to, I think it was the second mission, where you had to uh, save this guy from uh, holding self. Or Actually, I would stop giving it shit while when I saw the frame rate and realized I wasn't going to buy this game anyway. So, you know, save the save random dude for who knows what reason. So I sneak across the road and uh, uh, have all my teammates uh, up against the wall. I tell them to flank off to the right. Um, uh, it was uh, a small stone wall surrounding a field and with enemies on the far side of the field. Well, I tell them to essentially go to the corner. They hop the wall and sneak around the opposite side facing the enemies. <laughs> Alerting the enemies. Then it turns into just a firefight. Smooth. And I'm, th- and I'm thinking... And this is the elite soldiers. Best of the best, sir. Top men. <laughs> oh. And then I just watched them, you know, just sit there in the open, having this firefight <laughs> with the enemy. And occasionally uh, one gets downed and they revive each other. And I'm thinking, 
why do they need me here again? Because the player character only gets one revive a mission. And I'm not sure if that applies to the AI because it seemed like different ones were getting down the entire time, but it was just, I was sitting there watching the AI just derp at one another. Right. And this game comes out in a week. Hmm. So I have been a fan of the Ghost Recon series in the past. I I was not interested at all in this game because it felt to well, me I, like well, a I'm, more serious I... just cause, and I don't want a more serious just cause. But the problems you're describing, like that AI is worse than quite a few of the older Ghost Recon games. Graw one and created two. Baby, created baby. I asked uh, uh, too much of it because I asked it to go down uh, the uh, uh, to a corner that you know was slightly around the. <laughs> the uh, wall but you know it's you would think that you know the AI would think okay it need to get there and the enemies are on the other side of the wall let's leap the wall I wonder if they're struggling because of the open world context like there's a lot more variables Maybe. to consider and because in in the other the previous Ghost Recon games it's you know they're linear levels I mean there might be like path A versus path B but in general that's yeah, a lot easier maybe. to navigate. That's the, that's the only thing I could think of is that you know the open world is too much to ask for with the AI, but at the same time, you know, other games can handle an open world well, at least somewhat well. Well, I feel like there's games also that have done good AI for open world. So my guess is that it would either be laziness, Ubisoft or shit. incompetence, or both. I mean, I'm hoping that you know I just hit some sort of weird thing where you know it was. The uh, AI just glitching out, and it just happens to be right there. But at the same time, yo, this game comes out in a week. I would expect things to be you know, a little bit more smoother than... Uh, you know, I, I wish I could uh, show you a screenshot to tell you exactly... You know, show you exactly what was going on. Yep. Oh, and then, uh, here's the even better thing is, okay, they eventually stopped fighting the enemy after killing, you know, well, after killing the enemies that were actively killing, actively fighting with them. They go to where I had them set up, and then I sent them to, uh, continue down the wall, uh, to, you know, at least try to preserve, you know, some sort of cover because, you know, uh, stealth was no longer an option. Yeah. And one of them actually sets up outside of the wall and is crouching like he's in cover. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, you dumb motherfucker. It's like, I'm doing the best I can, man. I'm in a Ubisoft game. What do you want from me? <laughs> Where's the towers? <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's why I tweeted out, I don't know why I even bother with Ubisoft betas. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and this is on top of performance issues. So who knows? Maybe it was just you know, my computer can't handle the advanced AI, so they gave me the dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, the recommended specs for this game, and they're pretty pretty hefty for the most part. Yeah, graphics card not too bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hit but... the recommended graphics card, and that seems to uh, at least according to the benchmark that I ran. That was where I was running, you know, 100%. Yeah. So I don't know what was going on. If it's just bad <clears throat> optimization, because they, a lot of people were talking about having just trouble with uh, 
AMD particularly, but just certain uh, systems are also randomly having trouble that shouldn't. Yeah. It's not asking for too strong of a processor either for the the recommended or the minimum. i7-3770, yeah. that's uh, four, three or four generations old i7 and not even a top-end i7 at that. So, it's probably poor optimization. Ubisoft has got a pretty pretty uh, storied history of garbage PC ports. Uh, so, I guess just give your final thoughts on Wildlands again, and I'll splice the two together where needed. Yeah, and put in some elevator music, I guess. Is maybe uh, you know, uh, Chrome was running in the background and was causing me problems. Who knows? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, no, I actually restarted to make sure it wasn't Chrome on uh, Wildlands. Wildlands, uh, there was a lot of people talking about just how the game was running like shit, just randomly on systems that should be able to handle it. And uh, it looks like mine is one of them. But then again. Yeah, you know, Ubisoft AAA games tend to run like shit on my computer anyway, and I have no idea why, because I usually surpass the uh, recommended specs. Yeah. Like, uh, let's see, like I said before, if it's not there, <laughs> behind the curtain, guys, this is p- potentially spliced together because of Chrome Audacity problems. Yeah, I'm pretty desyncing, sure. etc. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Chrome causing issues here, but it wasn't issues with Wildlands because I did check. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Ubisoft has a storied history of just having garbage PC ports poorly optimized or being held back uh, to maintain console parity. <laughs> yeah, I know. I made a disgusted face when I said it. Because you have to be cinematic. Also, yeah. I'm also playing with my hair. A couple, it was a couple of three weeks ago, uh, it was discovered that uh, one of the fighting games, I think it was Street Fighter V, the PC version had it patched in. Uh, The loading loading screens. screens. Yeah. Yeah, They would take longer to to match the console loading time. So even if you're playing PC versus PC, the load times were artificially inflated. Yeah, I saw that. Five times normal. Yeah, but then again. That's actually the least shitty thing that they've done with Street Fighter V. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so your uh, your next game. Let's try starting that one again. Yeah, next game is ADD come uh, Microsoft Paint. G- care to uh, try the pronunciation again? Because I don't. Yeah, Dogelrax is my best guess. D-O-G-O-L This was a review copy that was actually personally given to me and I gave it a shot for 10 minutes and you ever um, watch a video and you're just randomly clicking forward and and have really no context of what the hell is going on? That's what this game felt like. Yeah. I I understand where they're coming from. They're trying to uh, emulate oh, what was it? Uh now I'm blanking on the uh, name of the game. Uh, it's uh, on their store page. Uh, they were talking about the influences of uh, A Strange World, I think it was. 
uh, or another uh, world. I think it. I think it was another world. Uh, in, I'm I'm looking at it. Inspired by cult classics such as Another World slash Out of This World I mean, I, flashback I mean, and I other understand, cult classics. You know, them trying to emulate that, but oh, it it feels like they tried to emulate it, but they didn't understand it. Yeah, because it was just ADD. It, Another thing was that Another World was very, very pretty for the time. It felt alien, but at the same time, it was, uh, it had very, uh, it had a good aesthetic to it. Yes, it was strange, but they did the graphics well. This, it feels like everything was drawn in MS Paint. Yeah. And it just doesn't look good. It feels like... There's all the in-betweens missing, so it's you're just skipping ahead, skipping ahead, skipping ahead. And there's no proper save system as well, so it's a password. So it's like, what the hell are you doing? And, suppos- no, and supposedly the ending uh, sequence is very, very difficult. So that password yeah. is going to be even more annoying. That's terrible. The I totally get games like wanting to emulate classic art styles or gameplay mechanics or whatever. Yeah. But ditch stuff that was terrible. The password system was awful. Yeah, it's just... Why use that? God, that's terrible. <laughs> I've never even played this game, and that makes me mad. <laughs> well, I spent it 10 minutes weird, on this. It, this looks really weird. Like, just watching... I'm watching the video with no sound. <laughs> and looking at the screenshots. Yeah, it, This looks weird. Yeah, it is a very, very strange game. Like, suddenly, uh, uh, you'll be going along and you'll get kicked and uh, go uh, down a flight of stairs and uh, get, uh, looks like you got killed, but uh, you didn't. And then, uh, then you're trying to sneak along past this uh, alien with a spotlight, and it's just, uh, it's strange. (laughs) This I mean, thing is really weird. I, mean, I kind of want to try it, but I'm pretty positive I would hate it. Like, it's got my attention because it's wacky and weird looking, but I yeah. know I would hate this game. I know I would hate it. Yeah, uh, trust me. I, I wasn't too hip on it, and I played it. <laughs> Maybe I can get a, a, a review copy. I have one of those this week when we get to my games. What, you have a review copy? Yeah. Huh. Uh, or, or are so, you doing a proper review, or are you doing my thing, where I play it for a couple hours and see what I think? No, I'm doing a proper review. Oh, well, look at you, doing your homework and everything. Yeah. Or I'm just uh, doing bullshit. <laughs> oh, so do you have anything else you want to say about this weird LSD uh, trip, or? Uh, not do you want to really. Move on? It's one of those things that... Well, it also has probably the weakest jump I've seen in a video game in years. <laughs> they try to make it where it's a platformer. And I guess it technically works, but it's very, very janky. Yeah. There, there's a couple places where you have to jump up uh, these aliens and, oh, damn, it does not look pretty when you're trying to uh, do that platforming. It's a lot better whenever you're actually very far out and when the game suddenly decides, yeah, let's go for a extreme wide angle shot. And, oh, let's go limbo style as well. And, oh, yeah, all those little dots moving around. 
Those are instant death. Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> at least we're going to be nice and put the check mark, uh, the checkpoint at the beginning of this uh, very annoying sequence. So yeah, it. Uh, there's just so many things uh, that it feels like it's half baked. It feels like it's an alpha. If you know, it feels like all the wor- artwork is placeholder. If they want to make things look alien, they need to have more definition to them. Because this Mm -hmm. just feels cheap. For the most part. There are very, uh, very pretty sequences, at least in the uh, screenshots. Like that sequence with the stairs. But you see that little dot? That's you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, And the thing is, that's not even the most extreme wide angle shot I've played in 10 minutes. Yeah, if I could get a copy of that for free, I'd play it. I don't think I'm going to spend any money on it, because like I said, I know I'll hate it, but I want to experience the weird, because I'm weird. <laughs> yeah, and and they also do some fourth wall breaking. The, uh, you meet a girl in like one minute, and it's like, what's this anime chick doing here? Yeah, that's in the trailer. They're the, their they're little trailer video. Yeah, It's just one of those things... Uh, uh, well, there's just so many strange things about this game. And I've actually talked more about the game than I played it. <laughs> as strange as that is. <laughs> so let's go to an actually good game. Okay. Legend of the Skyfish. And I had to keep reminding myself, Skyfish, not Windfish. Windfish is Zelda. This feels like Zelda, but this is not Zelda. This is uh, Legend of the Skyfish. This is a mobile port, which that turned some people off right away. And then that, and because it's a mobile port, that also means that there's the mobile tax. It's twice as much as it is on uh, Google. <laughs> actually, a little bit more so. But it's actually uh, feels fairly good. It's one of those things that, yes, yes, I have problems with it. The enemy variety is very slim. It's a very short game. I got through the first world. And under an hour, and there's three worlds. And the boss fight uh, was a huge bullet sponge, for lack of a better term. Uh, okay, fishing rod sponge, I guess, would be the more proper term, where you're beating it to death with a fishing rod. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's your <laughs> weapon in the game, is a fishing rod. It, well, all right. Th- think, of, think of the weapon in this game as a combination of Link's sword and hookshot. Because you're able to uh, hookshot around and pull enemies in, but you also are, have the ability to swing it, and it has the uh, also the sort of uh, arc effect like the uh, sword does in some Zelda games. So uh, that's the combination. That's why I kept thinking Zelda in this, and it is a very pretty game. That's that's one thing I want to get across is that it is very pretty. It's got a really good looking art style. Actually, yeah. I'm looking it up on my phone right now. Yeah, it's four bucks on Google Play. Yeah, and it's uh, and uh, eight on uh, Steam. Seven. Yeah, it's currently on on sale for fifteen percent off. Yeah, I guess that's its launch yeah, sale. Yeah, but, but it'll that'll be, be off, over. Yeah, it'll be off sale uh, actually the day it, this goes live. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, let's see what oh, they do have. Uh, they also have essentially Navi following you around as well. Uh, Grand, it doesn't talk thankfully. But it, its purpose seems to be solely to point you towards uh, hidden objects, which is, uh, well, the hidden power-ups, which is essentially uh, upgrades. 
at least the initial set that I found in the first world were straight upgrades. There was no, you know, uh, pros or cons. It was, you know, an extra heart or your uh, hook uh, goes out faster, that sort of thing. Yeah. There, there was no reason not to use them. So I'm hoping that the next set would have been, you know, a, a little bit more uh, pro or con, but I don't see that happening. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have a video of this? Yeah, this was the Sunday Sampler. Okay. Granted, it did have a recording issue just because it didn't like DX Tory. Uh, but it, uh, it is on my channel. Okay. I'll have to go watch that later. I'm considering buying this for, yeah, for the, my phone. Yeah, the, uh, uh, big enemy and the, uh, I guess that's the fourth screenshot. That's the first ball set you encounter. And you're able to uh, hook shot essentially between the golden uh, platforms. The whale? Uh, I don't know, the monkey thing? No, the uh, John... Uh, well, I guess you could call that a monkey thing. Uh, it's uh, right after the map. Yeah, it's got like the club. Yeah. Or the, uh, the mace. I, yeah, I wouldn't call that a monkey. It looks more like a three-eyed minion to me. I guess. <laughs> the giant statue, because that's what it is. Yeah. I guess it's the color that made me think it was a monkey. Yeah, don't, the browns. Yeah, I don't really see monkey in that. Yeah, doesn't really matter. I don't guess. Well, but yeah, it does to me. <laughs> yeah, this looks cute though. I'm, yeah, it is going to be very video. short though. It's only a few hours. Uh, reviews are saying ballpark three to five, depending on you know the person. Well, that's fine. And, I mean, and for some reason, I was getting some slowdown in the, on the uh, DX Tory recording. It didn't do it at all when I was not recording, so it was definitely just a DX Tory issue. Which makes me uh, think, oh, I need to get a hardware recorder at some point. <laughs> but that requires a lot of rewiring things. Yeah. That's some effort there, son. <laughs> yeah, maybe when I get 200 subscribers, I'll do that. <laughs> Uh, but I'd love to have a hardware recording solution. We've said this a million yeah. times. I just, I could actually, I could, yeah, because I've got three PCs at my desk. One of them is not plugged up right now, but between the two of them, one of I should be able to to make one PC that could do it well. Yeah, but well, I just my, never do. My big issue with this game was really just the enemy variety, and they just don't dole out many enemies at, at once to you. It's more of a puzzle game anyway, though. That's the thing is. It's more of an adventure puzzler than an adventure uh, uh, game that you would think looking at it. It's not Zelda. Right. Okay. Cool. Is it my turn? Yeah, I think so. Awesome. Well, uh, I've got three games this week. The first one is the game that I got for review, All Guns on Deck. So this is an early access game that's been in development for a while um, and they dropped off the radar sometime last year. Like they went so long that people on the 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 Steam community and their forums and stuff were like, "Oh, this game's dead. It's dead. Another abandoned." Yeah, um, I'm looking at the reviews. Abandoned. A cool concept. Badly made. Yeah. So they, uh, I got an email from them, or not an email. I got a DM on Twitter for them, being like, "Hey, uh, we're looking at relaunching development on our game. We had to take a break to pull some funds, and we're looking for." Uh, uh, basically just anybody that we can to to discuss our game, promote it, 
we see that you've got a, a small YouTube channel and a podcast. Would you be willing to do oh, a review of did, our game? And they didn't have me do this. But then again, they probably listened to like, we don't want him to play anywhere near this. <laughs> <laughs> but they were like, they were like, you know, would you be willing to do a review of our game and talk about it on your podcast? And I said, yes, sure. So I got this code sometime last week. Um, I have I haven't played it very much because I was trying to power through if my heart had wings, and they didn't give me a, a deadline. Uh, I told them I'd get it done in in two or three weeks, and they were fine with that. But I mean, they didn't give me a specific deadline, so I've not been worried about it too much. But I've played it for a couple of hours so far, and it's a great idea for a game. It's a great sort of foundation for a game, um, but there's tons of stuff that's missing. Uh, so the premise of the game is that you are a, a captain of a ship, um, and it's a combination of a crew game, or a crew management game, and... Um, uh, not a shmup, but like the enemies fly across the screen, and you have to shoot them down with the guns on your ship if you're controlling the guns. Almost tower of your crew do it. Yeah, sort of. Um, and there's a whole bunch of different enemy types and different difficulties of enemy groups that you can fight, and it's got some roguelite elements. Every time you die, you uh, you get a new ship, and you can keep upgrades like uh, specific ship upgrades, and you get to keep your weapons. But any power-ups you collect, you lose. You get to keep the currency that you had before you died. Um, and you've got a chance to lose some of your crew. And if you lose some of your crew, you have to recruit new crew members. And that just costs money, basically. But it's a fun little concept. I mean, you can go look at the store page and you can see it's got a cute art style. Uh, the crew management system is a little weird. Uh, but it's pretty well fleshed out. Basically, you can have your crew... Um, you can have your ship anywhere between you do everything manually, which is never, you're not going to get past like level one enemies with that. Uh, to you can have your ship completely automated and you basically just control the crew, which is mostly what I do. Their aim is not the best with anything that's not a direct fire, like machine guns or, uh, flat cannons. They don't, they don't do so well with some of the slower, more powerful weapons. So I usually control those myself, but you just, you have your crew repair your ship, uh, rearm all of your weapons, put out fires. Uh, they have to manage stations that allow you to use your special abilities. Um, there's quite a few different ships that each have strengths and weaknesses. The, the ships have stats, uh, how many crew they can have, how many weapons they can have, armor, health, uh, and slots for special, uh, abilities. Um, and it's possible to have ships that, like, don't have enough crew for you to man all of your stations and things like that. Uh, I'm not super far into it. I've only got access to three ships, uh, like a, a really light, small ship that has really good evasive and high armor, but low health and low crew count. Uh, a cruiser that's kind of average, and then a battleship that has uh, more guns, more armor, more health, but it has uh, a negative to evasiveness. So basically you get hit on every pass by enemies if you don't shoot them out of the sky um it's got the beginnings of a story there's some kind of i don't know if they're aliens or sea monsters or what that have taken over the world and you represent like the last uh standing government on the planet and you have to um uh, reclaim this the seas from them 
And I can see like other harbors that I can get to and probably like I have to take control of them and can expand my base. But I haven't even been able to get to them yet because those guys are freaking tough. I haven't been able to beat one. The best that I did was in this tutorial because <laughs> your ship is invincible and you can kind of glitch it out and, <laughs> and hurt one of them really badly. But I still wasn't able to kill it. Eventually it, it kills you no matter what you do. Um, and then there's pirates and other factions of like raiders and things like that. And the game starts with like, yeah, if nighttime rolls around, uh, you're fucked. Go kill all the pirates and the raiders and you should be able to recover enough technology that we might be able to beat one of, one of those alien things. And it's like, okay. And then they just send you out and it's a big open world. You drive your ship around the world. I mean, it, it's a tile system uh, and you can see, uh, what's on on the tiles around you and then if there's confirmed enemy presence uh, like the first mission is to go north and destroy all the enemies in the 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 harbor and the canal and so you can see all of those but you can't see past them unless you get an ability that expands your radar range and stuff like that so i mean you can always see in the tiles that are immediately around you and you can see mission objectives but sometimes you'll run into a space and there'll be something hidden there that will attack you or you'll find a bonus or whatever um, I haven't gotten past even the Have first they mission. Whenever uh, they're going to do the next update, because I'm looking at their uh, news and they're nearly a year from their last update. Yeah, they said that they were planning on having another update in the next month. In the email that I got, I don't know if that's in the in, uh, it, in their nowhere in the discussion. As a matter of fact, there's torches and pitchforks being handed out here. Oh, fun. Yeah, I haven't went and looked at the discussion page since the day I got it. Because the day I got it was the day that they posted that they were going to... Oh, hang on, hang on. I think I may have found something uh, amongst all the torches and pitchforks. Yeah, but it's just... Uh, not, uh, not People are not happy. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Anyways, th there's the basics of a story there that I don't know how far it goes because I haven't beaten it yet. Um, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that like, okay, I see this as being the foundation of a game, but flesh it out more. Like you can go to your Harbor and you can walk around and that's how you equip your ship. Uh, like you go to specific buildings and it's like, here's the building where you can buy equipment. Here's the building where you can equip and upgrade your ship. And here's the building where you can get crew. But there's like seven or eight buildings that aren't used at all. And it looks like another area you can walk to, but it's locked off. So, and then like, there's no explanation you can't talk really talk to any of the people that are there, despite the fact that it's we don't go to Ravenholm anymore. And, <laughs> and people wandering around, so yeah. Probably my biggest beef with the game, honestly, though, out of everything that, like I've said, and like the fact that it seems to or it's been dead in the water for a while, pun intended. Um, uh... Crew management is challenging at the very beginning and every time you die and have to start over you have to re replace all of your crew and reposition all of them and you can't do it before battle you have to do it in a battle oh. so the first battle that you go into you might lose if it's too difficult because you it it takes you a, a good chunk of time to get your crew set back out uh because there's they're all just sitting positions. in the can uh, canteen's like sup they're all just, yeah, they're just sitting around in the crew ready room and you have to drag them out and put them in their places. And you can use basic crew to do everything, but 
They're basic. They're basic, yeah. You can all of the crew can be specialized to get bonuses for specific areas of the ship that they're on. So and, and I mean all that takes time and you might get killed if the battle's too too difficult. Yeah, that's a big uh, strike against it. That is incredibly frustrating. But outside of that, the game seems pretty solid. I haven't had a crash on me, although, like I said, I've only played it for a couple hours. Just might have not been long enough to find that bug that crashes it. But um, it's pretty decent. I I'm not. I wouldn't recommend. Excuse me. I wouldn't recommend somebody buying it now, just because. I mean, you know, the devs seem intent on keep working on it, but you never know if that's going to happen. And there's definitely not a full game's worth of content here. Maybe for like funsies, if you're able to buy it for a dollar or two, it would be worth it at this point. But in general, yeah, I uh, it doesn't sound <coughs> like it's a thirteen dollar game problem. yet. No, uh, just based on what you're telling me, it sounds like it, it's a skeleton hoping to be fleshed out at some point. But uh, I'm just looking at the uh, at the early access here, and they're talking about how they're playing. To not be in early access too long. Hopefully, a few months. That uh, yes, yes, I realize that they underestimated the funds they did, but at the same time, oh, that's a huge warning flag for me. Yeah. So, I'm gonna do a full review on it in the next week or two. Uh, once I've been able to put, I don't know, five, six hours into it. Once you're able to actually get to that next harbor. Yeah. Unless it just is like impossible to get to. I'm not going to throw myself repeatedly against the wall. But, I mean, you know, I've died a couple of three times and have advanced a decent chunk forward. So, unless there's just like an insane difficulty spike. See, FTL final balls. Yeah. Unless that sort of thing happens, I'll, I'll probably get there in another couple hours of gameplay. Um, Kidoki. The next game I played this week was uh, House Simulator 2009 or 12, 10, whatever year The Sims 3 came out. Also known as The Sims 3. Um, Playing with your dolls. Yeah. And I've been one. According to Steam 2009, but that may have been just when it came on Steam. Yeah. It came out in the mid to late 2000s, so 2009 might not be too far off. Uh, good enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not a ton to talk about here. It's The Sims 3. I just, I'd been wanting to play it for a while, and it was on sale for the weekend deal or whatever over the weekend, and I was like, you know what? I've been saying for, like, the last three Steam sales I should buy The Sims 3 because I enjoy playing it and, you know, just, like, using it to blow off Steam or do weird stuff or whatever. And, Making uh, uh, random people and say, now kiss. <laughs> It's mostly for building houses and then like making like a really rich, weird guy, a really eccentric guy. Who happens to look like you for some reason. Uh, A skinny, more buff version of me. Yeah, the last time I played The Sims 3, which I may have acquired at some point, because honestly, the, The Sims is fucking expensive to get into. Yeah, they had several bundles on sale, like you get the game and then like two or three uh, expansions. And I got the one that came with pets and seasons and cars were the like the three expansions mm. that I got with my bundle. Probably my favorite way to play, and 
this probably says a lot about me, was to make essentially a homeless guy. Okay. <laughs> and have him just wander around town stealing things. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, uh, and I occasionally always... play uh, like a guitar or something to make a little bit of cash. To make tips. I always make a writer... Because the writer, like, and base my person around someone who doesn't ever want to leave their house or interact with people. And then just, just write books. You, you know that you could uh, be someone that you're not, right? <laughs> I don't write books. Yeah, but I mean, leave the house. I mean, I make other other characters as well. Like, I've, I've made three characters so far. One of them is, like, that typical person who's going to be, like, the weird eccentric guy who writes books, never leaves his house, and buys the entire town. Um. Oh, mine just stole the town. You know, I just walk up to a car and put it in my pocket. It's like, mine now. Then I made one character. That that is something that I wish they would do, uh, is that make it so that the Sims would realize, you jerk, you just stole my car. And actually (laughs) replace their car. Because that's something else, is that if you steal something big like that, you know, they'd never replace it. Yeah. I, uh, and then I made a second character that is like a, uh, like a a shady kind of like they they their career is hacking, um, and I rake into people's houses and steal things, and rig elections and votes. And I'm in the science career as well. So like I'm a scientist who hacks things and steals stuff from people and wears all pink. And then I made a third character that's just like a person who goes to work and comes home, and I haven't figured out what weird thing I want to do with them yet. I'm a little surprised that there hasn't been... Well, there were a couple games like The Sims way, way, way back uh, around Sims 1, Sims 2. But there hasn't been another life simulator lately like The Sims. I mean, The Sims has pretty much got the market cornered. That's a... I I mean, that's... I feel like that The Sims, even though it's popular, it's still a pretty niche game. And they've got that audience cornered. Yeah, but the thing is that... There's not anything like it anymore. There were games that had Sims-like elements, uh, like the movies, for example, was yeah. a movie studio slash Sims. You don't even see things like that anymore. Is it just the yeah. fact that uh, games have really gone to the point where anything even somewhat major has to be a, a certain thing to even hope to be... A, uh, popular, or then you get into the weird niche games like uh, Dodorex or whatever the hell that was. <laughs> and there's not really an in-between anymore. Yeah. I don't know. There's a couple of mobile games that are like The Sims, because I mean, the, the Sims mobile game is garbage. Uh, whatever it's called, Sims. I can't think of what it's called. but the- uh, My Cash Grab. Pretty much, yeah. That, that that version of The Sims is terrible. Uh, and there's a couple of mobile games that I've seen that are life simulators like The Sims that I think do okay, but I've never really played them. Yeah, but there's only so much you could do in the mobile market. You re- really need the horsepower of a computer to do what I would like to see them do with the, with the Sims knockoff, for lack of a better term. I'd like to see Sims, but something different, a different twist on it. Maybe something like the movies once again. Grand, it doesn't have to have all the features of the movies. It doesn't have to be machinima the game. But at the same time, I'd love to see a, a revival of 
the Sims light or Sims like genre. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say about the Sims? Oh, the <laughs> it's it's funny to 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 play the Sims uh, because the game is so old. I'll look down at my frame counter in the corner, and it'll be like fifteen hundred thousand or not fifteen hundred thousand, fifteen hundred frames a second. And it's like, well, I mean, you know, my refresh rate's only sixty hertz, so I couldn't even hope to get that. But it's like, well, this game is running well on my machine. Well, the thing with The Sims 3 is that it was really limited by CPU, and, you know, you're running a modern CPU on a game that's uh, eight years old now, nine years old. Yeah. Even on my laptop, with the game set to max settings, I'm still getting an average of, like, 90 FPS. Yeah, supposedly, as the world continues on, it starts uh, essentially collecting junk in the save file. That's when things start to slow down. And that's the reason why Sims 4 is, uh, went back to the plots of land instead of the huge open map, which I still think is a mistake. But maybe, you know, that's the mistake of Ubisoft, you know, going open world. Yeah. But uh, it's just, it, well, it's apples to oranges, really. The, the Sims doesn't need that great of AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. The, uh, one of my Sims, uh, the, I, so one of my Sims, I'm running a challenge called the Legacy Challenge, uh, which is where you have to have 10 generations of Sims. And by the end, you have to, like, meet certain goals, like having so much money and, like, such a large house and all things, things like that. And uh, I'm using a modifi- modification called First Come, First Serve. Oh, with it, the first person that shows up at your house, you have to marry them. So I married the mailman. <laughs> actually, it was, actually, I, I lucked out, uh, it was a male woman, so we can have kids. She's actually got... I, I really got lucky. She's got quite a few traits that are compatible with my sim. So they, they get along all right. They woohoo a lot in the shower. Oh, my. And in the hot tub. Well, look at it this way. If uh, the mailman didn't work out, you could always go for alien impregnation. <laughs> there was an alien that showed up and I tried to become friends with the alien actually because I was going to ditch this before I, I got married because I'm already married but I was going to ditch like I was going to break the rule to marry the alien but the alien yeah it turns just, out like, Nanu Nanu is a very a vulgar in their language <laughs> yeah I tried really hard but they just like disappeared one day just completely vanished off my friends list my I'm people sad. need me I'll find him again. Uh, okay, and then the third game that I played, Shock and Awe, Kerbal Space Program. Yeah, going back uh, to our roots, really. Yeah. I, you know, it's been... I, I think the last time we talked about it, I was like, you know, one day it'll get, I'll get past all the feelings that I had about the company, and I'll go, you know what? I want to play that game again because it was great. And that feeling hit me this weekend. So I downloaded KSP, and I downloaded a few mods. I mean, I'm I'm going pretty bare i've only got like nine or ten mods i'll have to but... be honest i had the feeling to fire up kerbal myself but it was more after hearing about all the stuff with the aircraft and my had wings it's like i really have the feeling to fly an airplane right now and kerbal's about my best option for that yeah i haven't played it too much like i said still trying to get through or i was trying to power through the rest of if my heart had wings so i plan on playing it a lot more this week and next week um but just checking out some of the new things 
the the new UI is great. Uh, it's a lot more clean and smooth than the old one. Like not that the old one was bad, but just the changes that they made were really nice. Makes it easier to uh, just be informed in what's going on. It's easier to read and access your parts, and uh, it's easier to click around on the the map view and things like that. Not like huge changes, just a little quality of life stuff. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the remote tech light that they've got going on. That's a pretty simple system. Uh, and like one of my first missions was to place comm satellites around Kerbin and the Mun and Minmus so that I could be covered in system anywhere I went with anything. Yeah. And, and they're all simple, intuitive things. You don't have to do too much other than make sure that your comm network has power and that you're within range of another antenna so that you can pass on information. Yeah, the full-blown remote tech, uh, the main thing I like about it is the flight computer where you can program it. It feels uh, uh, more realistic without getting as crazy as uh, KOS, where you're yeah. uh, saying they're writing the entire program. Granted, uh, you know, that is still neat, and I would love to do that. It's just I don't have the programming knowledge to do that. And, yeah, some of that stuff is way, way complex and way over my head. Uh, yeah. But I tend to play with the uh, the uh, speed of light turned on, where information has a delay on it. So going out to uh, Minimus, I think, is a second or two delay. It's still doable with that uh, if you're doing a landing. Yeah, but then getting beyond that, I would say I'd probably turn uh, speed of light off and act like you know it's uh, the uh, the spacecraft itself doing a uh, landing. Yeah, that's just poorly programmed and has <laughs> about my ability. <laughs> but to yeah, be honest, they're... me landing a, a spacecraft is probably better than what I could program it. <laughs> yeah, the. Uh... The, I don't know if there's any delay in the comm system and sending stuff back or not. I haven't tried uh, Not that yet. in the stock. I looked into that. Okay. Uh, at least the uh, last time I looked, I should say. And there is uh, where your uh, your comms can be blocked, but they don't really have a lot of what you could do there. Like with the remote tech, you could set it up so your burn could happen during your blackout period. And you could say with a degree of certainty what will happen yeah and the stock it's pretty much you lose control isn't it i don't know i haven't had that problem yet like i you well, well the thing you... is that uh Kerbin has a, a network of uh of calm dishes now it's yeah. not like in remote tech before where your only calm dish was literally the ksc and you had to do a very steep a burn in order to get into orbit or get to up to orbital altitude and then do a circularization burn while you're still in line of sight of the KSC. You don't have to yeah. do that anymore. Yeah, I think there's six points on carbon where you can connect to, which gives it full coverage, basically. Or uh, for, for uh, anything. For uh, equatorial coverage. I don't think yeah. there's anything on the poles. No, but you can launch your satellite network and then they can cover the poles. Yeah. Uh, I just put mine at a slight inclination. I've got three satellites. They're not in, in geosynchronous orbit. They're a little farther out than that. But, I mean, they can see each other across the poles. So they they cover the entire planet. And then 
the range on the first Kong dish that you get is five million meters, I think, which can cover anything inside Kerbin or the Kerbin's sphere of influence. Um, but I went ahead and put uh, two around Minmus and two around the Mun, um, so that when I start sending stuff out beyond, I've got uh, connections a little bit farther out from Kerbin. Yeah. Um, and basically, I'm going to put one on every single um, vessel that I send out into the solar system. That way, there's just random comm dishes floating out there, which will help give me uh, some kind of patch coverage until I set up a, a comm system for the solar, the whole solar system once I get some of the better dishes. Well, something I used to do with remote tech was I would put a secondary transmitter on the rocket stages. So as the spent rocket stages became space junk... Turns out they were uh, commsailing all along. Yeah. Uh, it's put, actually a pretty good idea. I should do that. Put just enough solar panels on to keep them powered and uh, a battery or two. Yeah. So uh, going out to my comm satellite, there would be a secondary uh, sal- uh, or secondary satellite just uh, in a weird orbit. And the fun part is, depending on how much fuel I had left in, the, uh, in that stage, I could uh, boost it out into a very elliptical orbit. And have uh, essentially a satellite that just kind of hangs in the sky for a while. Yeah. I think I'm going to put one satellite at the very edge of Kerbin's SOI on as close to a circular orbit as I can get it. Then that should that should give me good coverage. Yeah, well, the, I don't know. Well, the main problem with that is that Minmus uh, is very close to that as well. That's true. So you but have to I watch out for it... uh, getting into the sphere of influence of Minmus and having it fling it somewhere. Usually into the sun. <laughs> yeah, well, if that happens, yeah, it happens. Honestly, I would but just I'm... go in between Minmus and Mun because there's plenty of room there. Yeah. And it's not that big a difference. I'm definitely enjoying myself. I'm trying... It's been so long. The main reason I went with minimal mods was to try and keep as many of the stock parts by themselves so that I wouldn't get confused about what's new and what's... From a mod. And actually be able to start playing this week. Yeah. Because for me, if I go absolutely nuts, it's a good two or three weeks before I'm actually starting playing. Because I'll I'll mod it till it breaks and I start dialing things back, dialing things back, dialing things back. Oh, okay, it's not brick anymore. Let's add some mods. I've got, I think, six mods installed. So, not, I mean, you know, not very many at all. I got Kerbal Engineer... Kerbal alarm clock, Kerbal attachment and inventory system. One of the only parts mods that I'm using. Um, I've got I forget the name of the mod, but it's the one that lets you compress textures and stuff, just in case I need it. Yeah, which so you far, shouldn't. I, I shouldn't. No, but I figured I might as well just go ahead and have it in case I do need it, and then I can do it. Yeah, I haven't had any problems so far with uh, a processor that's twice as powerful as it used to be, and a graphics card that's twice as powerful or so as it used to be. Yeah. I haven't had any dips below 60 yet. Although I haven't like I haven't built any craft that are pushing the limits yet and I don't have 8000 pieces of space debris up yet, so that might change. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, load, load up a couple Kessler uh spacecraft, then we'll see. Yeah. I'll stress test it this week probably. At the very least next week when I have lots of free time to play lots of games. Make a ring system. <laughs> Yeah. Or so at yeah, least nudge, or nudge some uh, sa- or some asteroids into orbit. 
I'll get there. there. There's your challenge. Uh, mining station with the with a big asteroid. I've done that before, though. That's not a challenge. Oh, it might be if I'm Minimal out of mods. practice and, and those skills. Yeah. Um, your uncle uh, messaged me yesterday when I was playing. And he was like, oh, my God, you're playing KSB again. And I was like, yeah, it was about time. He's like, do you still have all of your skills? And I was like, well, so far, I'm still doing fine. But I'm in the very early game, so nothing difficult yet. I haven't tried to rendezvous and dock. We'll see. If I can still do that in just a few minutes, then I'll be doing good. But I might be back to the it takes a couple of hours bit. Are we going to have to try to find Amy for to get that song? <laughs> no, I'm good. Are we sure Amy's still alive? Nope. Maybe Godzilla got her. <laughs> Gojira. Gojira. Well, speaking of Japan, I think now's a good time for us to move on to If My Heart Had Wings. Oh my god, you actually did a segue. Yeah, that's right. My feet are You called, called it out. Cal must be freezing over. So you're, and you're the one who ruined it this time because you called it out. Just because I was shocked. Yeah. So this month's game club is If My Heart Had Wings, the visual novel, or a visual novel. Um, yeah, it's it not has the some... visual novel. I think people would uh, go for another one with that one, with that designation. I... It's a really good visual novel, though. Yeah, um, uh, I, I liked it for the most part. I do have, well, one major problem with it. Okay. Uh, shall we go ahead and dive into uh, bashing on it? Sure, if that's I, how you want to start. I, I, I found uh, the pacing a bit off, at least on the uh, route that we ended up both doing. It, yeah. There was uh, a lot of uh, just downtime that it felt like uh, it was padding. It drags a lot at times. That was going to be my chief complaint, was that the pacing felt off. Um, you know, yeah, sometimes we, we I understood... We ended up on the same route. Uh, uh, there's five story routes in the game. In the initial startup, you only have access to two of them. Coterie, which is the girl in the wheelchair, and mm-hmm. Aga, which is your childhood friend. Yeah, and please forgive us if you actually know how to pronounce these games, or these names. We don't have a clue, and we're just doing our best. Um, I guess, well, in case anybody doesn't know, If My Heart Had Wings, beyond being a, a, a visual novel, it has some dating elements. Uh, I mean, you're basically, uh, it, you can it's a end love up story. without a girl. It's a love story. You can end up without, um, choosing a girl. Yeah, you but can, that's considered the bad ending, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it is considered the bad ending. Um, but, so yeah, your goal is to wind up with one of these girls. And I actually dislike, I disagree with having to complete it once. I think there should be a way in the very beginning, or on your first playthrough, to go with any girl you want. Uh, well, this is kind of a usual thing with uh, visual novels, especially ones with more than just a couple uh, routes, is that there's usually at least one route that's locked off. And <laughs> thankfully, this one doesn't do it, but there's also visual novels that you have to complete all the routes to get the true ending. Which is usually the you know the most happy ending, yeah. So uh, it's not as bad as some others. It, and I could understand why they did it because uh, the routes that were locked off, uh, well, especially two of the routes, the twins, uh, which uh, their their names mean morning and night, essentially, Asa and Yuguru. Sure. 
both of them show up very, very, very late in the common route. Something like the last quarter. I mean, don't you, you see them you, before you, you, though? You, you run into them. Yeah, very, you very briefly. Are. You see them as girl A. <laughs> yeah. Or curry girl. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't even get their name until very late. So I understand, you know, not having really an option for them. Uh, and the other one, Amani, uh, I could also understand because a lot of the questions that likely are answered in that route don't really show up until the story routes. Yeah. So I understand that one as well. It's just a... Uh, that would one uh, would make the most sense to have an option uh, right from the beginning. Yeah, you do spend a lot of time with Amani just because of the gist of the story. Yeah, um, you know, you become part of the soaring club, and she's the well, originally the only member. Uh, so you spend a lot of time with her trying to fix the glider. Yeah, which it turns out Japanese schools are way overfunded, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I wish my high school was like that. Um, what, I felt like this story was set a bit in the future, not like yeah, a little super bit, futuristic, but maybe like 10, uh, especially, 15 years especially in the Especially with the design of, uh, Kokura's, uh, wheelchair. That is very yeah. futuristic looking. Yeah. Plus a lot of the designs of the buildings yeah. are futuristic and, uh, the huge wind farm is also futuristic. Yeah, they, so yeah, they, they kept talking about how basically the entire town was rebuilt and it, it felt like there was some sort of cataclysm or something that they weren't talking about. Yeah. Because the well, mall I mean, the, was brand new. The uh, school was brand new. Uh, that would make sense. Sorry. Sorry. A lot of the Didn't buildings, uh, they were talking about how they were new or recently rebuilt, but they never talked about anything bad happening recently. Yeah. Well, that would make sense, though, that there was some kind of cataclysm. The main theme of the story is loss and how people yeah. deal with their loss. I mean, the main character... Oi? Aoi? Yeah, Oi. Oi. Oi, depending on which character was uh, saying his name. Yeah. But, I mean, his thing is he uh, was injured. He he was a, a, a bike racer who was actually starting to get pretty good. He places third in some kind of regional or national championship. It was a national uh, race, I believe. Yeah. And, and then he winds up having an accident, and he can't ride a bike anymore. Like, he... Uh, uh, he, he, could, he could ride and... a bike, but not at a racer's level. So right. uh, he loses that. So And because of that, he leaves his, the school where he's at because he just doesn't feel like he belongs there anymore. Because he went there originally for their cycle racing yeah. uh, program, essentially. And he doesn't feel like he belongs anymore. So he goes back home, and his town is completely different. So there's that other loss. There's the loss of the familiar. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Coldery uh, also has it where she lost the use of her legs just a couple years earlier. And she was also into sports. She was a, a volleyball player. Yeah. And beyond that, because she is permanently tied to her wheelchair, she also feels other types of loss. Like she's unable to do things. And she's got a personality type where that she rejects help. She yeah. repeatedly um, yells at you and... Uh, the other girls in the the house where that you live, and then the flying uh, fish Agahe, your friend, yeah, <laughs> which I like the name, the flying fish <laughs> man. But you know, she constantly is uh, throughout the story yelling at people because they want to help her. She doesn't want to be pitied, but she's kind of disconnected herself from people, and she doesn't realize that, at least at first, that Oi and 
Agahe want to help her. And they don't pity her. They just want to help her because they care for her. Yeah, um, I didn't get to the a, twins. She does have a very quick turnaround, though, after a little heart-to-heart with Aoi. Yeah. Yeah, she turned... Yeah. Uh, which, it felt like that was a little rush to me. Yeah, it I, I would have liked to have seen that. Uh, uh, you said the term dragged out is probably not proper here, but you know, have it be a more gradual change than you know, just a light switch. My other real complaint about the game was info dumps, though. Yes. Oh, yes. And, I'm sure there's stuff that I'm forgetting and that I missed because honestly, it's like, oh my god, here we go. Well, they, and I can. Well, they read. Uh, did amp- info dumps uh, a couple times, just uh, basic uh, how airplanes work and how gliders work. I would have loved to seen them if they felt like it was crucial to the story, which honestly, some of it was, some of it wasn't. Have it more spaced out, especially when they were in the middle of recreating the wings, because part of the uh, uh, the common branch is recreating or rebuilding the wings for the first glider. There's at least in Kadri's story, which is what we both ended up doing. Yeah, we both did our uh, story. Independently, I might add. But then again, yeah. it was a 50-50 shot. Yeah. Well... Uh, uh, in the common route, uh, uh, the glider uh, flies over and uh, uh, over Windmill Hill uh, while Akadawi and uh, Aoi were uh, there talking. And after that flight, the wings were damaged, or the wings were damaged during the flight. And part of it was of the common route is building new a new set of wings to be able to fly again. Right. And they info dump for, oh, it must have been a good 10 minutes before they ever got to that uh, portion of the story. I felt like they should have parsed that information out over the course of the construction. And it would have flowed a lot better. I did like the first explanation about aircraft whenever they build the uh, model planes. Yeah. I actually thought that was really cute. Um, but that was also pretty short. That was only two or three minutes, maybe. Although it might have been longer. I read a lot faster than the text scrolls up automatically. So oh, I I'm turned clicking it so the text appears in- instantly. Uh, okay. I guess I, I don't know why I didn't do that because I would have you know, I'd double click every time, change scene, and then one more click to pop all the text up. I don't know why didn't you do that. I don't know. Who knows? I'll go back and change it for when I do the rest of the stories. Um. So why did you pick? Uh, well, Katori. Part of it was uh that one night I was like, damn, I know that feeling <laughs> because that's kind of what happened to me actually. Are you talking about the bathtub scene where oh, she not the ba- falls no, in? No, not the bathtub. I mean the fact that she was talking about how her friends distanced themselves from her. Because that, oh, okay. that happened to me. So, okay. so I was like, damn, I know exactly how she feels. But also it was more, Aoi felt like he was gravitating towards her anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I I did get that feeling that he was gravitating more towards her, at least for the first pass. Um, but I originally hated her because yeah, she was just here. such a big jerk. Uh, but the bathtub scene, and it's not because you can see the boobies. Uh, just At least like with the, the restoration that, patch. Yeah. Just the way that that scene is written um, and the way that she behaves and it's just like this sudden rush of vulnerability that she has in front of you. Um, and the story handles it like it was real instead of 
with kind of your standard anime tropes that where that like yeah, male characters the, freak out, which there is some of that in this. Uh, yeah, which there was a lot of uh, tropes, especially in the beginning. You know, the whole setup of oh, I'm a guy in a girl's uh, running a girl's dormitory. You know, it's, yeah, it's like but, I've seen this before, <laughs> but then they get away from that. Yeah, but that scene, just the way it's written, I think it kind of spoke to my therapist's heart. Like, wow, she's being really vulnerable right now. And, like, she really, honestly, she doesn't have a choice but mm-hmm. to be vulnerable. And then, like, she asks you to stay because Aoi calls for help from one of the other girls in the house. And then he's like, okay, she can take care of you and I'll go. And she's like, no, please stay with me. I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but she's like, you know, I'm comfortable with you. I trust you. Yeah. And, like, that was it. Like, that sealed it for me. I was like, okay, I will now try to pursue this girl in the story as opposed to uh Agahe. Uh, yeah, Agahe. Yeah. Agahe. Um and I didn't know at first that you could only have those two choices like later on when time started to be a crunch I looked it up. Uh but honestly I wasn't going to go for Agahe anyways. I was going to go with for Katori. Yeah, the uh choices are very very transparent. It's basically uh, you lean towards uh, one person. There you go. There's though, at least on the playthroughs that we had, was very. There was no ambiguity on where you were going in the story. Yeah. Um, one thing that I dislike. Another thing I dislike about it is I wish there were a few more choices in the game. Um. Yeah, it was very uh, kinetic. It, once you uh, kind of leaned uh, towards one girl, uh, I would say the last. Uh, five or six hours were just her story and it was you know there was no other choices yeah absolutely um but i i wish there would have been a few more and they didn't have to be like major choices they could have just been like simple things or honestly maybe even like little mini games not like you know not breaking out of the visual novel style but like hey we've got to go here and here and here and do these things and it's like you pick the order that you go do them or whatever like just a little more interaction um, because, you know, the story does at certain points just drag and it's like, okay, let's get through this. Let's get through this to the next bit. That's really good. Yeah. I would say, uh, the, uh, the date scene was, uh, felt like it dragged quite a bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, it, it, it did. There's nothing really add to that. It did drag. Yeah. There, um, there's just. Oh boy! It sounds like we're really bashing it, but I like this game. It's just uh, the the pacing fell off. Let's let's talk about some of the positives. So, the art style for this game is gorgeous. Yeah. Like you look at it on the onset, and you're like, okay, this is just kind of your standard anime style um, visual novel. But they have scenes that are just beautiful. Like there's a couple of sunset or sunrise scenes. I can't remember specifically if it's sunset or sunrise, but the way that they're drawn looks almost like a painting to me. Just like a beautiful landscape painting. Yeah, and, and it, especially the clouds as well. Yeah, the clouds. Everything that has to do with the glider, aside from it just sitting in the hangar, is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I could agree with that. And I would say the music goes along really well with not just uh, the well the the different feels of the uh, the feeling of the uh, particular scenes. You know, getting the uh, the comedy elements where Hat uh, the duck with the fedora is yeah. uh, doing goofy things and you get the goofy music in the background it, it sells it really well and granted yeah. uh, you know a duck and a fedora that's goofy as hell to begin with <laughs> duck is by far my favorite character <laughs> if i could have dated him i would have 
Uh, he's just adorable. Every scene with Duck in it is amazing. Just because he's the best. Hato. Hato. Attack. Quack, quack. <laughs> quack, quack. Uh, oh, he's adorable. Um, But yeah, the music is wonderful. Uh, although, I will say at some points, I felt like it got kind of old. Like, at some points, I'm like, okay, why don't you just fade the music out here? It's just a talky bit. Well, well the problem bring is it back that in later. Uh, uh, some of the scenes went too long for the music track. And some of the uh, music tracks, they didn't loop as well as they could have. Particularly the more the theme songs. So yeah. you'll uh, hear this obvious cut where the music fades out then comes back in. Yeah. And that I don't really fault the soundtrack for that. That's more of a pacing issue. Yeah, that's true. But the soundtrack did suffer because of it, which sucks because the soundtrack was the very first thing that hooked me to this game a long time ago when I played it, the, the free version on mobile. Yeah, which, uh, which okay, uh, Comparing the mobile version to this, is it the same story? It's the same, but you can't continue. So, what is it that triggers like the the like the anime like title sequence? Isn't it whenever everyone joins the club? Yeah, that's the end of the free game. Okay, like, you so, can't keep playing after that on mobile. Okay, so that's where the cutoff is. Uh, that's a lot earlier than what I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, if you then purchase the game, you can continue playing. But the the free version, that's as far as you can get, is the first few hours. Yeah, I was thinking that was a lot further in, but that's uh, not too far in, actually. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, if you're playing it on mobile, it might take you a decent time to get through it anyways, depending on how long you're able to sit and play. But, yeah, yeah it's that's only... A, how far is that? Four hours? Uh, Five hours? Something like that. Uh, yeah, I've way underestimated just how long it would take to get through this game. Yeah. Uh, how long did it take you to, to get through it? I would say, uh, well, this is including getting patches up and running and everything. I, I would guess 25 hours, but I would say probably about somewhere in the neighborhood of 17 to 20 uh, reading. Yeah. I got through it in probably, well, not I guess including all that time too. Right? It took me probably about 23, 22, 23 hours to play through it. Uh, I had less problems getting it running than you did. Like, I had one mistake somewhere that throw, threw errors, but I just redid the whole process. Yeah, that, well, that's the only thing I had was uh, one mistake. I did have the sprite hanging bug, where uh, sprites would sometimes uh, just hang there, but, you know, it didn't interrupt the pro uh, the uh, story any, so I just left it. And there is a fix for it. It's just I didn't want to mess with it. Yeah, I did not encounter that. My problem was... I was getting a box that had, like, long strings of Japanese characters in it, and they would just be, like, black on the screen. Yeah, and I'm that's... Like, I don't, you, you changed the wrong locale, didn't you? I have no idea. I mean, I, I swear because I followed the, the guide and, like... Well, the, the guide that I used on Steam, like, directly linked to where... Or, like, uh, a shortcut to get to where you needed to on Windows 10 to change that. And I, so I just followed the guide. I think something went wrong with my install, actually. I think I did something out of order the first time. Yeah, perhaps. Because um, the files were named... The the files that the guide rec or had downloads to were different than what they were named in the guide. So I had to figure out which one was which. I think because the guide was old and the files got updated, but the yeah. guide itself was not updated. So I think I installed the patches in the wrong order. The first time. 
but I got it working. Um, I felt like that all of the the H scene stuff, at least that we saw, got to see in the first playthrough, was really tasteful. Yeah. I didn't feel like this was like, I mean, the, the breasts were definitely exposed for our pleasure, among other things, but it didn't feel like it was like, oh hey, check out all this porn. Like I don't, I felt like that it was used uh, appropriately to fit the tone I would say of the, the story. I would say that the final one, the third scene, uh, it didn't need to be there. It, it didn't. It felt like it was just there. Once again, it's like, okay, well, here's your final reward. Uh, yeah, that's fair. But that that's was also, fair. yeah, sort of after the entire story, and it was uh, kind of winding everything down. It's like, okay, we're gonna uh, 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 throw this in. I didn't feel like it was. I, I mean, I disagree with you. I didn't feel that way. I could see why you would would feel that way. Um, but still, I didn't feel like it was overly, uh, I think gratuitous is the right word. Um, I mean, I've played a lot of these games, so. <laughs> yeah, you're probably thinking, only three? Yeah. <laughs> so that was good. I'm glad I, I'm glad I went through the effort, though. Like, I felt like it definitely added to the story. Added to the, the impact and the feel of the yeah. characters. Yeah, the... They definitely had an impact on the story, so uh, cutting them out, uh, the Steam version, I think it... I could understand why they have to do it, because Valve has this weird stance with adult games to begin with, but the fact that during the second one, uh, she drops the honorific. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a big impact, uh, story-wise. Yeah. And I'm not sure how they would actually handle that uh, in the uh, all-ages version. Yeah. Part of me wants to go back and play it without the patch, but I, I'm not going to do that because of the time commitment. Like, I'm going to go through, and I'm going to complete uh, Amane or whatever. Uh, the... Well, uh, I, hang on. Do, do you have to do Aga in order to get to an- anime? That's... According to this, uh, you only have to complete Kotori. Okay. Which... Which is... It's a little strange that... Uh, yeah. That unlocks everything else. Yeah, Kotori doesn't Kotori unlock the rest of them? I think so. Actually, I need to go back and double check that just to okay, make sure. Okay, according to this, you have to clear Kotori to get Asa, and then y- Yoru, Yori, however you pronounce her, the, the other twin. Yeah, you have to do Asa. Yeah, which uh, the twins make me feel kind of icky because they look so young. Yeah, they're dev. I mean, you know we. I think we said this before. You're in high school, like you're a sophomore or a junior yeah. in high school. Yeah, but they also talk about how it's a technical school, and it also seems to run longer than uh, usual Japanese schools. Yeah, so I could I could be like, okay, so I'm 18, maybe 19, and so are all my friends. And then Amane is in her early 20s. Yeah, she but the twins a lot. Yeah, the twins though, they look like they're like 14. I'm, yeah, I'm just, it feels I'm like I end up with a list on a list or something. Yeah. Granted, we're probably already on lists, uh, just uh, downloading this game. I'm sure. And we talk about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, rest of the characters. I mean, we've only really talked about Kotori. Um, yeah. Do you want to go through any of the rest of the characters? Uh, Anybody that sticks out to you? Well, uh, you don't have to go through all of them. I will but... say that at least in Katori's route, uh, Aka is a hell of a wingman or ring wingwoman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she is. 
But like you, you guys are supposed, you know, your best friends since childhood. Yeah. And if you don't go the route where you uh, pursue her, then it makes sense for her to to be your wing woman. Yeah, and uh, uh, in the common route, they talk about how when you were kids, uh, you confessed your feelings for, her, but they played it off as just you know two kids uh, joking around or not really understanding what that means. So I can understand uh, not pursuing her. Yeah. But at the same time, I could also understand pursuing her. So, yeah, it, it's left very open. Yeah. Probably my favorite side character is... I think it's Kanoko, the the one who's in the house that yeah, basically, runs like, around doesn't... in her underwear all the time. Yeah, but it's not because she runs around in her underwear, although that's a plus. Uh, she's just like, yeah, you know, people are people. Everybody yeah. should just like yeah, she had a, be themselves a, a, and have no shame and like I really the, the, like the parakeet I, speech was amazing at the end of the story. Yeah, like I really resonate with her like personally, like personality wise. Yeah, uh, you run around so, in your underwear. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like be yourself. Don't worry about what people say. But I mean, that's seriously truncating her character a lot. She's you know, I, all of the uh, characters I think uh, are have much more to offer than kind of like what we can well, compress well, them down into but we don't have 18 years to talk about all of this well the thing is that uh Kanaro, uh is about the only one in the um in the dorm that isn't a dateable character that really gets a lot of face time all the other uh girls i kind of forgot about them after a while yeah i mean they, they show up at the end at least in uh the route we did but uh, before that, you know, they kind of just uh, went off to the background and eventually just disappeared. Yeah, most of the time, they're there the most at the beginning when you're learning about Katori and her issues, mm-hmm. and then they fade out in the middle of the story. Yeah, which is also uh, a thing with visual novels where it, once you go down a route, it more focuses on that person and anyone directly related. So I understand why, but at the same time, uh, you, you know, you're supposed to be a, a, the the dorm mother for this uh, group of girls. Yeah. So you only have uh, one running around in her underwear all the time. <laughs> and, yeah. And your be- your best friend uh, and uh, uh, the girl you're going after are eventually dating. That's and that's really it. Yeah. I mean, you eventually have uh, the twins show up. You eventually have uh, your. Uh, uh, advisor show back up which it it's not a, a detriment to the game it just feels like it it's too narrow focused on that yeah and also I kind of wish that we had some more motivations particularly against uh, well uh, uh, our antagonist asshole sensei <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny, but I do. And it's appropriate. Yeah. But maybe, uh, you know, that's the c- case of we need to play another route to get the the uh, backstory there. Because it seemed like what happened with uh, uh, Katori was very similar to what happened to... Uh, what was her name in the uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the flight journal? Isra? It, it, yeah, Sora or Asara or something. Well, uh, uh, Amane's 
uh, a best the, friend. Uh, yeah, her best friend. Uh, it seemed like what happened to Katori was very similar. And what uh, uh, Amine was talking about, uh, be, be careful on uh, takeoffs, makes me think that, okay, something happened during a takeoff that uh, it didn't kill her best friend, but it severely injured her. And they were talking about uh, both her and uh, essentially your adoptive older brother that yeah was uh, in your group of friends when you were uh, there originally years and years ago. Yeah, he works at Senpai. the factory. Uh, <laughs> no, and Chan. Yeah, I know, but I like to think of him as Simbi. He uh, was very attractive. Oh my! Well, we know who your best girl is. <laughs> I mean, if you could have dated any of the men in the story, which there were only a couple, but I would have totally went for him. Uh, no, admit it. You would go to asshole senpai and try to ease his pain. No, definitely not. I didn't like that guy. I think he shows up in the, uh, if you pursue uh, Age more, I think he well, shows well, up in her storyline well it would make sense because she was in the uh, robotics club the robotics and, club uh, and yeah. quit to join the soaring club and he was pissed about that as well oh yeah I, I wish I knew the uh, motivation there that's but that's also uh visual novels tend to require several playthroughs with the different routes to get the entire story so I understand Wait, which why that's there which motivation why he's uh, why he's such, such an a asshole. Jerk? okay because I do feel like that uh, he uh, maybe he was always a jerk, but he became more of a jerk after the accident that uh, I hate to say claim a student, but it's about the uh, right thing. Only she didn't die. It sounds like she was severely injured and had to leave school. And the yeah. fact that nobody knows where she went, you know, kind of uh, relates to that. Honestly, I thought she died. Well, they uh, specifically said she didn't die. Yeah, but I i mean, since she disappeared, I thought maybe she died after yeah. the fact. Well, that's what that's... I thought at first, but I, I, if she's dead, then it's a very recent thing. It, I, I think that if we do find out what happened to her in another route, she was severely crippled. Yeah. Probably even worse than Katori, which... Uh, I was expecting her to have a spinal issue and not just her legs. Yeah, I was too. Probably on the Amane route, you would find out what happened. Yeah, that's Probably. what I was expecting. I mean, if you're going to find out, I'd say that's where you find out. Um, what? Which character was your favorite character, aside from, Hat. from Hat? <laughs> Hat is obviously the best character, but aside from him... <laughs> Hat best girl, <laughs> but not best girl, because I think he's a little too fat for that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I really liked Aga after you know uh, uh, she kind of uh, was happy that you started dating Kor- uh, Katori. Grand, we're basing this on one route of five, so it right. isn't really fair to all the characters, but. Uh, she really was supportive of you and was so happy that uh, I get to be your best friend again because you're dating <laughs> the person that was your best friend. Yeah. Uh, so I really liked her. I wish we'd do more about the twins and I assume that we learn a lot more in their routes. 
But th- yeah, they're a com- really a complete mystery. Only thing we know is that they're the granddaughters of the school chairman, and the school chairman has a lot of property. Yeah. Uh, my favorite character would have to be, at least with what I know so far, uh, Amane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, like I said, if I'd yeah. had the option, I yeah. would have pursued her on the first playthrough. I just found her fascinating. Um, yeah, she's very, know, a... she's very ditzy, but, uh, you know, in a, uh, sort of the genius way, you know? Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm a sucker for that character archetype. The kind of genius loner who's a mm-hmm. bit eccentric, or maybe a lot eccentric. Um, and so I just like, I just wanted to know more about her. What about, uh, least favorite character? Oh, I would say Coterie at the very beginning because damn. <laughs> she was pretty awful at the beginning. But, th- but that's um, the entire point. That's the yeah. thing. I don't have a character that I dislike that I'm not supposed to dislike. Uh, I, how I, I would, you- uh, uh, if I had to pick ha- Asshole Sensei. <laughs> But I'm supposed to hate him, at least in yeah. this route. Well, uh, I also, don't feel like he shows up enough for me yeah. to really like or dislike him. I would say, at least in the one storyline I, uh, uh, I did, I would say Coldry's father. Because of, uh, basically you talking about how she can't have, uh, dreams of normal people. I mean, that yeah. really pissed me off. Yeah. My least favorite character has got to be, and I'm gonna butcher this. Masatsugu, the your friend uh, that turns your, into the student council uh, secretary. Yeah, I just every time he showed up, I was like, oh god, he's annoying me so much. At least he doesn't show up that often. Uh, maybe no. Uh, uh, he, he, but the thing is, he does help you out with uh, uh, finding the collider the first time during the time skip. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, as a character, like, every time I saw him, like, he popped up, I was like, oh, God, here he is again. Which, he might show up more, too, in uh, Age's story. Yeah, I would imagine so, because, you know, he was kind of the outsider of the group. Yeah. So I could understand why he uh, doesn't show up a lot, and that he's a little antagonistic, especially uh, towards you, because your character just shows up one day. He... uh, he doesn't let anyone know that he's coming to town. Yeah. Uh, but that's part of him running away from his problems. You know, he's uh, running back home, essentially. And right. he doesn't want anyone to know what happened to him. As a matter of fact, uh, no one knows before he talks to Coterie, uh, you know, uh, having that little heart to heart. And even then, no one else finds out until she... Uh, uh, asked him about his knee right at the end of the story, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And that's during her route. Grant, I imagine that, you know, they, the other ones find out at different points, but, uh, he, uh, kept that to himself. For, so I could understand why he, uh, why, uh, uh, uh Moochan is uh, uh, what they were calling him. And that's the best uh, way I could probably pronounce it. Uh, yeah. I could understand why he's a little antagonistic. But he seems like uh, he's a friend under all that. He's just, uh, he's hurt. Yeah. And that's how he uh, uh, expresses it, as being a bit of a dick, but but under all that, he does help you. So I can understand that. Trying to think if there's any other questions that I want to 
ask and we both can answer about. What's your favorite characters. moment in the game? Uh, favorite moment in the game. Hmm. That's tough. Because uh, uh, it's sappy I mean, as hell, but I think mine was the confession scene in the glider. <laughs> yeah, uh, not That's counting a good scene. Uh, the you know the highlight at the end, you know, of uh, finally reaching their goal. I mean, that's kind of uh, beyond the scope of favorite moment to me. You know, it's the ending. That's their yeah. overall goal. So, yeah, beyond that. I think most of my favorite moments occur earlier in the story. Um, obviously, one of the top moments for me is just that moment of vulnerability with the the, the bathtub scene. Uh, yeah, and the thing how... is that it's also in the common route. Uh, anything that happens before that first choice... Yeah. Where uh, you're trying to decide to wait for Akka or uh, go with Kotori. Before the first choice, that's definitely common route. I do like the fact that everything was so well blended together that I couldn't really pick out too easily of what was a common route and what was uh, Kotori's uh, route. And, yeah. Uh, and her scenes outside of immediately after a choice. Yeah. Which, that was done beautifully. But, but yeah, so favorite scene... I... <sighs> I think I really think it is just the sheer vulnerability in that scene and the how tastefully it was done and like that scene just touched me and like oh my. it's hard to explain but it really did like touch me in a way that I mean many fantastic scenes throughout the story but that one really just like well also ripped at my uh, therapist heartstrings well also the confession scene also had uh the comic element that uh, they accidentally left the radio on, so you hear everyone on the ground as well. So yeah. it's kind of uh, uh, that one scene has both the uh, the that heartfelt moment, but then it uh, cuts the comedy to lighten the mood as well. So it's a yeah. n- nice mix and shows what the game is really. Yeah, that it uh, can be serious, but it also has that uh, comedy element. I mean, it has a duck in a fedora for Pete's sake. <laughs> yeah, good old hat. another scene that i really like too again this is a common route scene uh was the first day or the day that you go out and complete everything that's in the journal yeah uh uh, the to-do list yeah whenever you go out and complete the entire to-do list i really like that whole scene uh particularly chasing the cat (laughs) that was like uh, that was a really funny scene that also had like a ton of emotional like raw emotion in it it was like oh they're becoming friends, and they're trying to to save uh, Coterie. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah, a lot, of, quite a few good scenes. Um. Well, I guess on the flip side, least favorite. Least favorite scene. I would say, uh, really, just anywhere where the story drags uh, and just kind of loses all momentum. Yeah, the points where the story drags and the points where it gets really tropey. Maybe it's just because, like, it, I have an aversion to lots of typical anime tropes because they frustrate me. Because a, a lot of typical anime tropes fall into the problem of if you guys would just talk to each other and act like normal people, this wouldn't be a problem. Oh, I sh- so have a show for you. <laughs> uh, let's just put it this way the show I'm going to suggest to you has a character literally say uh, the line, This is getting really tiresome. Can I just tell you what's happening? <laughs> oh, and I yeah. want, uh, 
that's why I can't say Aga's the best wingman ever, because that guy is the best wingman ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I agree. Anytime the story just drags, for me, anytime it gets too tropey, um, and anytime, not anytime, but almost every time, Masatsugi shows up. <laughs> Actually, a scene that I didn't like uh, as well, this was another common scene, was uh, whenever you go out with, I forgot his name, You're the older brother Anchan. guy. Yeah, Anchan. Whenever you go out with him, uh, whenever he takes you out to lunch and you go out with uh, Age and her sister's there whenever you go to eat. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, that scene like just really annoyed me. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I didn't feel like it was dragging. Like it was supposed to be flushing out the backstory some more of who uh, Aoi and his relationship with these people. Maybe it just feels like it uh, didn't fit. I think so. The like the tonal shift like, was. It, it, it felt like it should be a uh, character route. It shouldn't be in the common. Right. I didn't feel like it belonged where it was. Um. Yeah, the thing is, I can't really pick out a particular scene myself. It's just there are so many places where it dragged. And uh, talking about the info dumps, you know, just having too much information in one scene that uh, just weighed things down. The uh, the uh, the date felt like it. Uh, it didn't feel like it was as imp- impactful as it could have been. Maybe that's yeah. my problem with the the date with Coldery. Grant, uh, there was the moments, you know, where she uh, got frustrated, where she uh, couldn't hold hands and walk. Right. I could uh, could completely understand, uh, you know, her frustration there, but at the same time, uh, outside of that, it didn't really feel like there was anything there. Right. Felt almost like it was a waste of time. They could have, yeah, kind of reflected back on the date, like, oh, the date went. Well, this and that happened, that happened, and then you move on with the story, as opposed to sitting there through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like they could have probably cut about an hour or two out of the story and uh, compressed it down and made it a little bit tighter. Yeah. Because I I usually target the game club whenever we have a story game like this to finish the weekend before we record. And uh, I just wasn't able to uh, read it over the weekend. So it's like, okay, I'll just uh, uh, read the day of. And I was expecting to only have a couple hours left, and I had something like five hours left. And yeah. a lot of it was that filler uh, you know, around the date. So you know about where I was. And it yeah. was just, oh. Yeah, I spent quite a bit of time on Sunday playing it, actually. Uh, once we got home... Um, I pretty much spent the rest of the day, aside from doing a, a few things, uh, like stuff around the house, playing this, just sitting in the recliner. I actually ended up, uh, well, I found uh, Reboter works really well for this game. So I was doing it off my phone. <laughs> yeah, I, pl- I played it um, in bursts at the clinic. Uh, like, I usually have like an hour or two between clients now, just like that's how my schedule works out. So I'd wrap up with a client and I'd have my computer... Uh, or my laptop sitting in the in the office and so i just go back in there and put my headphones on and uh play it for 45 minutes or an hour and then do my next session but uh, you know it took 20 
plus hours to get through. So that was more time than I had once I got it working. So I had to spend a a good chunk of time this weekend finishing it. Granted, the other routes would be a lot quicker because you're skipping uh, the, what, seven, eight hour common route. If you have a save file right there at that first uh, pick. Yeah. But you also uh, could uh, just hit skip and uh, skip right to it in probably about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah, so I, uh, it's not that big a deal. Uh, the I, sorry, uh, it's just uh, yeah, all the new scenes would uh, be what you would be spending time with, so it would be a lot shorter. Yeah, and I do wonder if the ending is much different because a lot of the ending for this uh, story was revolving around uh, Coterie uh, uh, and her backstory. So I wonder how the other uh, stories end, and I guess we're going to have to find out on our own. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep playing this. I plan on playing the rest of the routes that I want to play. Yeah, I kind of wish uh, we uh, coordinated, did the alternate routes, but at the same time, it's good to be able to talk about the same endings, because there was no way we were going to both get uh, two endings done. Yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and do Age. I mean, I liked her, I and... Yeah, she was she, a good wingman, <laughs> so yeah. it, it would be interesting to see where that story goes. Well, I mean, I liked her character from the first time that you, you meet yeah. her, because I didn't feel like... Again, she felt like a real person in, instead of an anime trope, which is why I liked her so much. And uh, so I'll probably go that route just because I like her. But I think I'll do that last. I don't really care about pursuing the twins unless I just find something out about them that's like insanely do, interesting. I'll probably still do the twin route or at least one of the twins routes just to find out yeah, what the hell. Yeah, that's fair. I just am not interested enough in that, unless it, it, at least right now, if there's like some like crazy reveal about them in one of the other stories that I might, but. They'll probably be on our last routes. Yeah, they would definitely be last for me. So, uh, did you uh, like it? Yeah, I like, I really liked it. I was wanting to say, uh, it kind of felt like they subverted their own, uh, theme though, uh, with at least Coterie's ending where she is able to walk again because a lot of the story is about loss and getting beyond loss. But then, you know, the magical surgery where she's able to at least restore partial use of her legs and walk with crutches. Right. Did it feel like it subverted itself? I mean, uh, granted, she is no longer able to play volleyball and the uh, main character, Aoi, has the possibility of essentially doing the same thing but you know making a full recovery at least according to him but it felt like they were wanting to push a happy ending and avert their theme somewhat with her i don't think so uh it could have been the way i interpreted it but i think that um while one of the major things themes of the story was dealing with loss there was also a redemption element to every story at least that we got access to so far so you know you have your loss, you have your suffering. If you're able to face your loss uh, instead of you know hiding or running away or whatever it is that you're using to not face your problems, then you get at least some amount of redemption. Uh, and I felt like that was hers. Uh, perhaps. It just it felt like they were giving too much back, that they were almost subverting what they were trying to preach. Right. I, I mean, I could. I think that that's a valid interpretation. It doesn't feel too far off book to me. Like I said, that's just not how I, I interpreted it. But um, maybe if they didn't talk about how it was going to be such a long shot. Yeah, because, maybe they just. I, been I like, think that's where it kind of put me off. Was 
uh, for him, they were talking about it was a 50-50 shot, and he wasn't sure if he wanted to go through with it. And for her, she was talking about how it'd be essentially a one-in-a-million chance, and that she yeah. uh, wanted to hold on to the possibility of the surgery as you know, a, a dangling thread of hope, and that she wasn't ready to quite do it just yet. Then, in the uh, sort of series of time skips at the very end of her story... Yeah, you know, we see her decide that she's going to do it, and after uh, months, she's able to go to a famous doctor who remains nameless and has the surgery and is able to recover partial use of her legs. It feels like that should have been part of her story, really. Wait, was that does that portion of the story is that common thread? Would we would no, we get that no, in no, all the that's, other stories? That's that's very end. I doubt that would be common thread. Okay. Mostly because we heard nothing about the other characters and all that. That's true. That's probably the ending of the story for her. Yeah, and that was... If you uh, pursue her route. Yeah, that makes sense. And that was very... That was, you know, last scenes with uh, her uh, standing with her crutches at, at the runway. Yeah. So I would be surprised if that pops up in another story. That's her ending. Yeah, that's true. I guess I was in my head. I was thinking, well, you know, she'll probably show up at the very end, like in one of them as like sort of a group shot, and she would be there. I don't know. Uh, Maybe I would, I'm completely wrong on that. That's just in my head. I was like, oh yeah, she'll be there at the I, end I would of another be surprised. story. I would be surprised if she would be at the end of another story, unless it somehow involved her heavily, which uh, maybe with Amane, uh, because there may be parallels between. Uh, her friend uh, who had the accident and Katori, uh, but uh, and Katori would be your wingman for that one. Yeah, if you pardon the turn of phrase there. <laughs> hey, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll just find out when I go through the rest of the stories. But now that I'm actually talking about it, I'm wondering why I was thinking that way. But just in my head, I was like, okay, cool. So this is how she'll be whenever I finish up the no, other no, stories. No. It's actually very rare to see. Uh, a story ending like this impact other stories. At least yeah. in the visual novels I've read. Grant, you've read more than I have, but you tend to read essentially the trashy versions. Of <laughs> yeah. A lot of the visual novels I read only have one ending, so. Yeah, see, the ones I read usually have multiple endings, and some of them actually get very complex on their uh, flow charts. Yeah. Uh, the length of visual novels like that is what keeps me from getting into them. Uh, I'd love to. I'd love to spend way more time in these really deep visual novels like this. But well, the thing is, you know, my we life also... doesn't allow me to. Well, the know? thing was, we were also rushing to get to an ending for this, so that also puts the time pressure on. If That's you true. had your own, uh, yeah, uh, pace. You know, read a hour or two on the weekend. And yeah. at least this uh, game had a very, very set, almost chapters, you know, where it would have the white screen with the uh, scene and said, and, uh, on tiny wings fly high into the sky, or Scott fly high, uh, into the sky holly. Yeah. Yeah, the, essentially the translation of the direct Japanese version uh, of the title. Yeah. So there are very clear uh, ending points to each essentially chapter that yeah it, it, it condones a, a an extended read most of the chapters did did end pretty quickly i mean the story as a whole was very long but most of the chapters were fairly short uh 
half an hour average, I'd say, maybe even shorter than that. Yeah, it's just some of them felt like they really were padding more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you said you liked it. I like it. Would you recommend this game to people in general? I think anybody who is into visual novels, if they haven't read this already, go read it. But Yeah, I I think it's a good introduction to uh, the visual novels. If I had to suggest another one, it would be Kadawa Sojo. But that's also a free uh, visual novel that you could uh, get into. And that, has, and that has a more Western feel to it because it was made by a Western development team. Yeah. And uh, this does have the uh, some of the Japanese tropes. It does feel a little obtuse in its writing, uh, how the structure of the some of the sentences feels a bit off because they come from translations of another language. Yeah. However, this game, compared to some of the visual novels that I've played, that, I mean, I have enjoyed, but this, this visual novel is very clean, very well put together, very understandable. Sometimes in visual novels, because they're perhaps poorly translated because they don't have the same sort of because i mean if my heart had wings is a huge hugely beloved visual novel yeah so it's got a lot of support for people to to redo translations like that's part of the the patches that we did they did uh fix some of the translation issues and things like that yeah so. granted i did notice two errors <laughs> i don't think i noticed remember any uh there was them, a misplaced apostrophe on isn't at one point Okay. It was between the uh, the S and N instead of the N and T. And that's just one of those things. It's like, I was clicking through, clicking through. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, they said loose instead of lose. There was an extra O. I don't remember either of those things. I might have not even noticed them, honestly. Well, obviously, you didn't notice them if you don't remember them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so anyways, you know, I think that this is a good introductory visual novel just because it's so well put together. And it's also pretty cheap. Yeah. How, wait, what, what does it, if my heart had wings cost? Uh, 15 bucks. Yeah, it's $15 and it usually goes on sale for 50% off. So it is a very, very good value for what you get. Yeah. Um... I also would recommend it to people who don't normally do vision novels, like we just said. Uh, sort of the introductory value of it, plus the fact that it is a really good, really interesting story that, for the most part, yeah, and uh, if you're, is engaging. Yeah, and I will say that it's there's probably a detriment if you're into aviation and know about airplanes already, because you'll be click, 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 yes, no, this, click, 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 uh, for the love of it, click, click, click. Yeah, which both of us have that from our experience with Kerbal and then like learning that stuff on our own. Uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting free it. toss to kind of ruin part of a visual novel for me. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I mean, I'm sure that we definitely have our chunk of audience members that come from that background. But yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of them out there that also don't know. Of and course, so that wouldn't for, be bothersome for uh, you. Of course, for Kyle, uh, the glider will be best girl. <laughs> but the question is, uh, Kyle, glider one or glider two? Yes, please. <laughs> Um, so does that wrap up our discussion of if my heart had wings I think so is there anything else that you could really think of Uh, do you have any uh, thing that you would have changed about this story or about this uh, game Mm. I think for me it would have been uh, uh, tightened up the story a bit but I 
I understand that it is the Japanese style where they tend to have intense emotional moments and then have the kind of the areas where it, you could relax and just kind of uh, go with the flow. There's it's uh, it's a style choice. Yeah. The biggest thing that I would change, I already said, um, just some more interaction in the game. I have situations where I you drop have a particular to change... character. <laughs> no, he's he's okay. Um, but it, you don't even have to like change up dialogues or anything as long as you write it properly. Just you know, give me some a, a few more interaction points. Like we have to do these things. What order would you like to do them? <clears> or you know, go, there's this task you have to complete. Um, it doesn't really affect the story in any way, but like you have to like the cooking thing. The cooking was a big deal because God damn, this game made me hungry at times. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, it's like sort of a not exactly a mini game, but it's like oh, you're gonna prepare this dish. What ingredients are you gonna put in it? And you pick them, and like you know, maybe if you do good, you get a positive reaction from the girls, and if you do poorly, you get a negative reaction about your cooking. But it doesn't I'm really not affect sure the story like, anyway. If it's really that necessary, uh, it would be nice to have more interaction. I would have liked to have seen uh, the choices between the girls not be so cut and dry, you know. Uh, uh, I'll basically, if you want to be with a particular girl, at least for the opening couple, there is a couple of routes later on looking at the character cheat sheet that it is a little bit more ambiguous, particularly the twins where you have to basically turn uh, down both of the initial girls. Yeah. So uh, that's really the only one that's a little bit of a tougher thing to really figure out. But for everyone else, it's very easy to really uh, get with. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen it be a little bit more ambiguous, but that's also uh, more of a higher end or longer story. Something like Clannad, which is a hundred hour visual novel. This is rated about a 30 to 40 hour one. Yeah. And if we had actually, if we hadn't been rushing, it probably would have taken me about that long. But we were, the time crunch kicked in. And so I was like, okay, speed read time, click through everything, you know, stop and admire the, the pretty, pretty images. But look at the I boobs. probably could have, <laughs> yeah, look at the boobs. I probably could have gone a little bit slower, yeah, but on. sometimes my, huh? Well, I was looking for the Clannad flow chart to, oh, damn. <laughs> But, you know, sometimes my, my weeks can be unpredictable, so I didn't want to be counting on having needing the clinic. Like, I had an emergency session on Monday, and, you know, it was at the yeah. end of my day, so it wouldn't have changed anything. But sometimes that stuff happens in the middle of the day, and I wasn't going, you know, I didn't want to depend on that time and then it disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to find a good god for Clonad because... If I recall correctly, that's more complex. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Let's see. There's... Well, just to give you an idea, this is the spoiler three path for one character in Clannad, all right? Okay. All right. I'm going to drop this into uh, into Skype. Okay. And hopefully this is going to copy everything. No, that didn't. Oh, oh, no, yeah, it did. Good lord. That's all the choices. In order to get a kiss with this character, I'm looking at the end, can we kiss? Yeah. That's one character. Dang. 
Well, uh, but, okay. uh, but what I'm probably asking for with more ambiguity is a higher end visual novel. You know, something that is a 50 or $60 visual novel still. And that's also, you know, the import tax where uh, having to deal with the translation and uh, these visual novels are, you know, hundreds of thousands of words. These are several novels, essentially. Unless yeah. it's the Will Tom series where it's half of one. <laughs> yeah, Clannad is on my wish list, by the way. It's been there for a while. Yeah. I will say probably my other thing, and boy, this is going to sound uh, really dickish. I wish there was more art. What do you mean you wish there was more art? Well, for example, they were talking about, uh, you know, uh, the the dinner, and they zoom yeah. into the empty table. <laughs> right. Okay. Things like that. You know, just little touches. Right. But once again, that's also indicative of a more high-end visual novel and not a... I hesitate to call this a bargain uh, visual novel, even though it is a lower price visual novel. But uh, bargain visual novels are more the you know the trash ones that you read. <laughs> I think this would be more of like a double A visual novel. Uh, yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. It's got great story production, which is I think the most important thing for a visual novel because they are just stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the art is great, but yeah, there are certain points where it's lacking. Yeah, you you. You know exactly what I'm talking about now, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I get what you're talking about. Uh, but granted, when they go chibi style for, especially the scenes with Hat or where they have the more comedic scenes, you know, that is excellent. Yeah, I like chibi too. I think that's a cute art style. <laughs> I've always liked chibi. What, do you have um, a chibi for chibi? Oh, yeah. <laughs> But so yeah, if uh, if you're individual novels, you probably either already have this on wish, on your wish list or you're lacking. Yeah. But I would say it's probably a good starter for a visual novel for a well, I should say for a paid visual novel. Yeah, I've not played very many free visual novels. There's pl- there are ones that exist. Yeah, I should I should look into some of those. Well, we had one on the voting. Yeah, yeah. Speaking okay. of Okay. Yep. Speaking of the voting, um Yeah, so, things are kind of gotten fucked up. So Kyle stuffed the ballot box to make Factorio win. Uh I mean Factorio had had a pretty decent lead up until yesterday or a couple of days ago. Yeah, then And it, I think me constantly saying, like, hey, come save Rage so that he can not play Factorio. They were tied. Well, let's uh, put it this yesterday. way. Uh well uh Spoiler, I wasn't going to play Factorio anyway, because I had a plan B. Right. Uh, Kyle was going to come on, and he and I were going to do the game club for Factorio. Yeah, and, and uh, we weren't sure if it was going to be you know a special episode or have you record that uh, before the fact or after the fact and you know kind of splice it in. Right. Well, that was but we were going to work it out later on. Right. Uh, but because Kyle cheated and stuffed the ballot box, uh, we're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to go with the last results that we know weren't tainted, which wa- would put Valkyria Chronicles uh, in second place or tied for the lead. So we're going so, with the Electoral College. <laughs> we're going to do Valkyria Chronicles instead of Factorio. However, 
Kyle, you and I should still get together and do an in-depth Factorio discussion. Uh, probably during the two weeks that Katie's gone, we should do that. And then that can be either Franken content or... Most likely we can put it content. Because yeah, when was the last time we didn't go long and have long uh, digressions? Yeah, but I mean, who you know, who knows? Probably it'll be Franken content, but it might get used on an episode depending on how long it is and and things like that. So, Kyle, we should still do that. You're not banished, but you're on Rage's shit list right now. He's going to put you in the crate for a long time. Yeah, light spanking. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to do that from channels this. Oh, I'm going to heavy spanking, but it won't be because he's in trouble. Wink. Um, but so we're going to go with, with Valkyria Chronicles for the next one. And uh, we're going to take the vote away for a little while. Um, we're we've going been back worried, to dictatorship. We've been worried about this happening for a while. And, I mean, Kyle, if we wouldn't have known if Kyle hadn't told us. He, he well, well, th- well, well, something was up. I mean, we had a lot more votes than usual. Yeah. And Grant, we did have that cross uh, promotion uh, with 1P versus 2P, but yeah, it wouldn't happen that quickly. Yeah, probably not. So um, we had been talking about different ways to do the vote anyways. Uh, so we're going to pull the vote down for a while. And what we're going to do is uh, we're not going to reveal it now, but we've already decided what our next game is going to be after Valkyria Chronicles. And then Rage and I are going to pick a couple of games each that we really want to do for Game Club, and we're going to do those. Yeah, and they'll and, be announced in time. Yeah, and uh, Factorio did also highlight uh, another problem we had with a few games on the list where, well, I, actually, uh, If My Heart Had Wings almost did this as well, where it requires just too much time. Yeah. So we've printed a couple already, and we're going to look more at our prospective game list and uh, probably prune a couple more. Yeah, and another issue with Factorio, which is partially covered with it requires too much time, but Rage and I have vastly different experiences in the game. You dode-lifed this game for several weeks. I'm at like 250 hours played in Factorio, and you're at like 12. And while there is some discussion that can still happen between the two of us, um, and there is some value to the difference in perspective, a lot of the conversational value that we like to have in game club is lost when there's such a vast difference in knowledge and experience. And another game that we used for an example of this is Dwarf Fortress, which Rage wants me to play and, and I'm and happy I, to play. And I pulled off the list because it's the other way around. Right. Right. So, granted, I mean, a lot that, of people say it takes that like 50 one, hours to learn Dwarf, Dwarf yeah, Fortress. Yeah, granted, that one probably isn't as bad because Factorio borders on more of a puzzle game than uh, Dwarf Fortress does because it's Dwarf Fortress is at heart a management game. But Factorio kind of goes into a puzzle element where you're having to figure out the puzzle you're designing on the fly. And knowing uh, particular techniques uh, really boils down to how you're playing the game. And that's just pure experience. And at one point in two weeks, you had three times the uh, hours I played total when yeah. there were no life in this game. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I wouldn't have anything to say of, of value. Right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll some, try and... In some games, it doesn't matter nearly as much. 
Yeah. If if you were to play RimWorld, for example, because I play modded, and we could both play uh, vastly different games, it wouldn't matter nearly as much. Yeah. So we may bring back the vote at some point. We got to we've got to try and figure out a way to do it to at least minimize the risk of it being, um, you know, stuffed. Yeah, tilted, but the thing is that there's vote, you know not really a good way to do it outside of having people individually send us a message to vote. Which maybe right. that should be a thing is to email us. Maybe, but we have. I mean, our but our then community, you don't really see what's going on. Yeah, mo- I mean, you know, we have our sort of our, our B team and then our regular community submitters who write in, and we haven't had a, a random email or message from anybody in a long time. Yeah, it's we just know you're out there. Send in. We so, think. Well, well, there was somebody that was new that followed uh, the BGL Twitter just today, so we know you're out there. Yeah, we could but see you. I. Maybe I just had this thought pop in my head. Uh-oh. Um, maybe we should, once we decide what games that we're definitely going to do, put that list out. Because, uh, I mean, we'll be crossing the the, the summer sale in the middle of this. Because uh, summer sale usually happens in June, or is it July? Late, late June, early July. There, so, well, well, we should uh, say that there's usually two big sales on Steam. This is for people that may not... Uh, be big in PC. I mean, they may be out there and be listening to us. No idea why, but they may be. <laughs> right? We love you too, dear listener. Peasants. <laughs> uh, there's uh, two main sales in uh, December and uh, usually uh, early July. It's usually, uh, uh, well, it depends on the year. Sometimes it's uh, mid July, sometimes it's late July. But it's uh, usually somewhere in the middle of summer. I think we should try to put out a list for each of them. Sure. And uh, and also, whenever uh, a major sale happens, the summer and winter sale, I'm going to start doing uh, a pick on my channel. Uh, I did one for the winter sale. Uh, uh, ten games under $10. Not total, but yeah. Right. Because honestly, trying to get ten good games for uh, $10... Oh, that's going to be uh, tough. Doable, but tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, never mind. Uh-oh. Nah, never mind. It's fine. Uh, we, I mean, we're going to have a, a more in-depth discussion about our Game Club games and stuff, and then we can decide there. But, well, no, I probably should just go ahead and say it. Uh, if you don't have one already, uh, find a, a PS2 and a GameCube emulator. Uh, we have several games that we've discussed, or well, we've discussed several times about doing uh, emulation for older titles that we want to play. Yeah, and just, uh, one of my games pop is one of my games that I'm going to pick as a PS2 game. And you should probably also make sure that it runs well on the emulator. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've played it before on an emulator. It's been a couple of years since I played it, so I guess I should check it before to make sure that like no changes or anything have made it not work, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, PS2 is about uh, PS2 slash GameCube is about the end of emulators right now. Yes, there are emulators uh, for later consoles, but they're not as stable as they could be or as uh, well optimized. Yeah, so that's about the ballpark. That and earlier, 
of course, put- uh, and, you know, Nintendo would probably uh, pitch a fit, but fuck them. <laughs> I'll, I'll put that on my list of things to do to check that game and get that done soon so that we can have this conversation in the next two or three weeks. Um, but yeah, so next time, Valkyria Chronicles. Yeah, which, which is I exciting because I haven't finished that yet. I'm on chapter. What chapter I'm on? Nine? Yeah, it's been Ten. a while since I played. I may restart the game and go from scratch. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that wraps up Game Club and the voting. Uh, let's take a bathroom break. I gotta go. <laughs> too much water. Uh, too much Kool Aid. Uh, cherry berry blast I'll allow it and we're back so that wraps up all of our our game stuff and our game club uh, now we're going to move on to the news topics this one's going to be a pretty short one uh, Jim Sterling won his lawsuit against digital homicide uh, it was dismissed with prejudice which means that they cannot digital homicide can't sue him again for any of the same reasons that were listed in the lawsuit uh, I could have sworn a- this uh, was announced a while ago or was it something similar because yeah this feels like an old topic I mean granted nope, this there's- is a very old topic but still Well, I, 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 mean- I tried watching the video for this and it's like all this is old. This is basically Jim Sterling dancing on their grave. Uh, it didn't well, feel the like there was anything new. The lawsuit's been has taken place over the last year, um, and there have been bits and pieces of it that have been that have came out. Uh, particularly last month, when the judge ordered the uh, James Romaine, which is the one of the guy from Digital Homicide basically said, "I'm going to throw your case out if you can't convince me." Uh, you know, on these grounds, I'm not like I'm not a lawyer. I understand enough Do you play of one the on law, TV? <laughs> but I play one on TV. Um, no, I, I kind of educated myself a little bit, and I follow a YouTube channel uh, that really goes into in-depth law, and he covers a lot of cases related to YouTube and YouTubers and, and game developers and things like that. So, um, but basically the judge said, I'm going to throw this out if you can't convince me that what you're saying is true or change your case. Like, I'll let you refile and you can change your case. And maybe that's why you're thinking this is old news, because uh, that happened in towards the end of January. Uh, maybe. But it was just, it was last week, and I, I this actually happened before we recorded last week. We could have talked about it, but I decided to wait because I knew that Jim was going to going to talk about all of it in detail and that was what this week's gymquisition was was him going through the entire history of the lawsuit and at the end of the video he talks about the most recent things that happened and why he decided to instead uh, of counter see, suing, to, to just let it go because uh i like what he says for the most part but uh, the way he says it just is tiring yeah the last probably five to ten minutes of the video because it's 35 40 minutes long uh, the last five or ten minutes is where he talks about the actual end of the case. Yeah, I was wishing he... to death for about at a, about the 15 mark. <laughs> um, but the main reason I want to talk about it, other than the fact that we uh, mentioned it last year when the case started, was, uh, one, I'm glad that he won. 
and this didn't go all the way to court. Although going all the way to court would set a stronger precedent than what this does. Yeah, true. But part of the dismissal clause is that uh, James Romaine is required to present evidence for any future takedowns um, that he wants to do to Jim, uh, how Jim is violating fair use. And I think that that is a good precedent to be set. Uh, sure, right now it only applies to this one case. Honestly, it needs to be cases. A, it needs to be more broad. You know, why are you wanting to take down something? Because mm-hmm. right now, especially on YouTube, they get a takedown notice. They have to do it. Right, but this I to, the way, and I could be because I don't. You know, maybe I'm misinterpreting or misunderstanding the law. But the reason I think this is so significant is that if this happens, well, when this happens again, there is now this precedent that's been set that was like, look, like Jim Sterling, the guy who says like some of the craziest, most inflammatory shit about things like I'll I love Jim to death. But he absolutely when he's in his character, he's an acquired taste when he's in his character, he can go too far. But like if he can win this case, like everything that he said was fair use and not defamatory speech. Then you know how is it that this thing that I did, which is nowhere near that, counts for that? And so I think that we finally have a precedent set by a court of law to to be on the side of the games critic, of the YouTuber, of the streamer, whatever situation it works out in. Yeah, I could understand that. It, it's just maybe it's just where this has been such a long case. It's been uh, where it felt like it's yeah there's not a lot to talk about and there really isn't right now because we've talked about it already right i mean that's basically the the main reason i put it on the topic list was i just wanted to say that one bit that i just said so moving right along right moving right along uh next is the right to repair video game industry is lobbying against your right to repair consoles yeah now this is going to be a new uh long-term legal case (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, never end, does it? Never. So the gist of this is that there's some legislation that is up right now. In several states. In several states, uh, basically saying that consumers have the right to repair their own equipment and that you no longer can void your warranty by opening up your console to try and fix it, particularly for common issues. Yeah, which, uh, and that's, uh, that's been kind of a thing for a while. It's just not been enforced. Right. Because they were talking about in the article how uh, void if open stickers have been thrown out for a long time. It's just we still abide by them for right. some reason. But Which the, I completely the, support the uh, right to repair. It's just the, it, when it gets to forcing... The uh, uh, the well in this case the console manufacturers uh, to start uh, divulging uh, their tools that's that starts to get into the iffy territory for me uh, and that's really the only place where it does because I do understand uh, them having the, the complete right to uh, control how their own tools are used but at the same time they shouldn't be able to say okay you. Uh, uh, open this up to try to make it so that the Xbox 360 isn't baking itself to death. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm kind of a two minds about this. 
I'm all for the right to repair, and I am not in two minds about it. Um, you know, it. Well, that's just if uh, I, that's the thing. It's just you know the business side of things. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I if I buy something, it is my personal property to do with what I wish. Um, yeah, there was, and I shouldn't be penalized for try uh, fixing something that the the designer, the engineer, the manufacturing process fucked up. I mean, it's scary to see, for example, car companies trying to keep people from repairing their vehicles legally. I, I do understand that some aspects of modern vehicles are most people can't work on on their own, but don't make it to where that if I go to change my own oil or spark plugs or brakes or something simple like that, yeah. that it voids my entire car's warranty. Yeah, so, that I completely agree with, but then I've also heard people talk about what about self-driving cars? The That's where things start to get iffy, and I completely understand the hesitation. Right. Uh, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate on that because I'm... I still think you should be able to uh, fix most of the stuff, but when it gets to the software side of things, yeah, leave that the fuck alone. Because yeah. that's uh, mostly what that's going to be. Well, self-driving cars are also kind of not the same comparison. There yeah, there are sure. some comparable aspects to it. Well, that's the one of the extreme examples I could think of. Right. Even with self-dri- self-driving cars, though, like, I guess if it's a mechanical issue, the people who don't have any I'm, I'm skills at all or not more about the software issue side of things that's where i right. want you to stay the hell away right but that's also beyond the uh, scope of most people yeah so it's kind of a non-issue at that point right and i think that's the case for consoles too like changing those things around that i think the devs are the most worried about or is beyond the scope of most people and the people who are already capable of doing that are already doing it so you're not hurting anyone except for people like me who could repair their own console but doesn't want to be penalized for doing so i can't repair my own console i don't own you don't have any uh there was a hit piece uh one of the well one of the youtubers i follow he's a uh, phone and uh, computer repair guy that uh, does a lot of live streams of him fixing usually Apple stuff and uh, complaining about Apple. So you can imagine why I love. I him. think I know who you're talking about. And, and he did. Is he the guy who was it last year got hit with a lawsuit or something from I think Apple so. and he had to take his channel down for a while. I think while? so. Uh, he d- he did a uh, hour long rant about. A uh, hit piece from some random blog. Uh, uh, well, I shouldn't say random blog. It was one of the major blogs, and I can't remember which one it was. Uh, basically saying, you shouldn't have the right to repair because my colleague's phone, uh, they, they sent it to a shady repairman who put in a bad battery, and it uh, uh, burst into flames and uh, burnt her ear. Right. My thing on that is like, don't you're, send you're, it to someone who's always, a shady repairman. Well, that's the thing is that even without right to repair, you're still going to have the shady repairman. Right. With, without repa- uh, right to repair, you're going to have a lot more shady repairmen because they won't have access to uh, some of the tools. Now, granted, I don't think it should be 
required that the companies put out their tools or their own personal tools. But I would see it as a gesture of goodwill from good companies. Yeah. My big thing for right to repair isn't forcing the companies to put out the uh, the tools. It's more protecting the people who reverse engineer. Right. Which gets back to the YouTuber that had his channel taken down by Apple because he was showing how to fix certain things. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons I love Android products. Couple of well, it's been more than a couple of years. I guess it's been like five years ago now. But I mean, we we've been an Android family for forever. Uh, and Katie's phone got water damaged, and uh, I was pretty sure I knew what was wrong and how to fix it. And so I just bought like a little kit. It was like I think fifteen bucks on Amazon, and took the phone apart and fixed it. Replaced uh, the part in it that had gotten damaged by water. It took me like thirty or forty-five minutes. Saved us 150 bucks to. Well, I'm looking at an Android phone right now, counting uh, up the time. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Uh... But, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I draw the line. Is I, I don't like the forcing. I like the protection aspect of it. Right. But that's uh, probably uh, be being uh, uh, my own political views on things. I don't know. Right. I mean, I'm... I'm more centrist. Yeah, if I wasn't super progressive, I, like, if if most of my views didn't go that direction, I'd probably just be straight-up libertarian. I'm very much about people's right to, to do things on their own uh, as long as they're not, you know, hurting others. And repairing your technology is not hurting... Yeah. Or re- repairing your property is not hurting other people. And yeah, so it frustrates me when companies try to prevent people from doing that. Yeah. The, uh, the thing is that uh, that's the only thing I don't like about this is uh, trying to force the sharing of the tools. I like, right. uh, I, I'd prefer the protection of uh, tools created by people, you know, not have Apple uh, breathing down your neck because you figured out how to change out the uh, iPhone battery without uh, completely destroying the phone. Right. And that's another thing is that a lot of these uh, uh, pieces of technology, they're designed to fail. They're, they have planned obsolescence. They have a set life. And these companies also have it where you get the vintage electronics where they will no longer service them. And you are stuck with that dead iPhone. You're stuck with the, uh, the uh, computer that uh, uh, just goes beep. Because it's a couple years old. They're no longer offering it. And so that's where right to repair is really important. Yeah. I mean, you know, this past like two or three months, I mean, if if I hadn't been able to easily uh, purchase replacement parts and do it myself, I mean, we would have been fucked. There's no way we could afford to buy two new computers. Three, actually. My laptop's hard drive is failing. I'm going to have to replace that soon. I'm just kind of riding it out. Uh, my interview's Thursday, and the the cut the if I get hired, the clinic that I'm working for uh, provides laptops, and they don't really have very much IT. So I might shoot myself a foot in the foot a little bit, proving <laughs> to them that I have the IT knowledge to do stuff with the computer. But no, it's simple. You say I have IT knowledge. You open up the computer and uh, start typing in Google. 
Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the guy who's gonna who's the hiring guy is I mean he's a sweetheart he's but he's man technology illiterate I blew his mind by like uh, I I walked he had to he was gonna mail me this like I don't know forty page document with all of like the legal information and everything that I have to like Why sign you just off send on me a before PDF? interview me. I was like, I told him, I was like, why don't you just send me a PDF of that? And he's like, I don't know how to do that. And I was like, well, I'm free right now. I can walk you through it. So I walked him through scanning the document and sending it to me in the PDF. And he's like, you just saved me like $14 in postage fees. And I was like, well, I probably saved you more than that if you send this to more people than just me. He's like, you can do that? I was like, oh, Angel. That's his name, Angel. Oh, for the love of <laughs> Yeah, he- if you get this job, you're going to have so many pounds with that. Uh, yeah. Um, you're okay, just going to send anyways, him to got... McDonald's and call him an archangel. <laughs> oh, an archangel. Mm-hmm. A golden archangel. Anyways, we are way, way off topic again. Really? Surprise, surprise. Um, do you have anything else you want to add to the... Uh, not I... really. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes i've really the outside of uh playing a little bit of devil's advocate in uh, uh the direction i went where i don't like the forcing of companies mm-hmm. the only people that i've seen really defending well i should say shooting down the right to repair defending the uh, companies are people that treat technology as completely disposable or the ones that get their technology for free. <laughs> Outside yeah. of that, it's been the shills for these companies, and that's about it. Yeah. And honestly, me playing devil's advocate is probably about the best defense I've seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I totally get the devil's advocate argument, and it's good to have that, but... And I I'm... understand on some aspects, you know, you don't want to... You don't want people meddling around with the software in a self-driving car, or... Right, I'm all for people uh, not some, doing or, that. Or more extreme examples like that. Yeah, no, I'm all for people not being allowed to do that sort of thing. But kind of the basics of being able to take care of your stuff. Yeah, but it's also the equivalent of, well, uh, messing around with the software of the self-driving car and inflating the tires. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a big difference in those two things. So One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, with that done then, let's move on to our next news topic, the Xbox Game Pass. A, a bit of console news that I actually am interested in. Well, isn't it also going on Windows 10 devices, so technically it could be a PC thing? I think so. At least the stuff that's included in the Xbox Play Anywhere uh, yeah. library would be able yeah, to so work for on PC. PC, it'll be a very... Uh, diminished uh, library uh, pretty much only the latest stuff that they put in well, it's essentially a Netflix for Xbox yeah it's uh, 10, 10 bucks a month uh, they're rolling out the alpha now uh, so the people who are in their sort of inner testing circle um, and over the next couple of months they're going to open it up to Xbox Live Gold members and then the full release you don't have to be a gold member to 
uh, uh, use this service. I mean, you have to pay for it, but you don't have to pay for gold to use the Play or the, the Xbox Game Pass. Um, and they're saying there are going to be 100 titles at, in it at launch, and you pay 10 bucks a month, and you have full access to those titles. You download them to your uh, console or PC for the compatible titles on the, in the Play Anywhere library, and you can play them. Kind of like the uh, what's the EA EA Access is that what it's called? Uh, EA Access or, yeah. or EA Vault, depending on uh, which platform you're on. Yeah, kind of like that, but with more games. Um, and this covers uh, uh, quite a few Xbox 360 titles as well as quite a few Xbox One titles. They're saying they're going to rotate games in and out of it. Yeah, uh, which uh, you know, if you're playing a game that's rotated out, I, uh, I assume that you know you lose access to that completely, which kind of sucks. You're going to have to be very diligent on what you're playing if it's uh, they better say that they're rotating something out uh, long beforehand well xbox is really good about that i will say uh honestly maybe this is just me being a cheapskate and also uh coming from the pc side of things when it comes to online stuff because i've never played with an online console this feels like it should be something that is part of xbox gold because you're paying for the fucking service I think that it should be included with the Xbox Live Gold as well, um, and then you know you pay the ten bucks a month if you're not a Gold member. Uh, but I still, I, I think that this is really good value. Access yeah, it to- is good value. I still think that I just look at Xbox Gold and see what it offers, and think, why are you paying for this? Right. Well, you're a wet I, blanket though, so. And I'm also uh, part of the Master Race. As am I, but I do have an Xbox. The The thing that interests me the most in it is access to all the backwards compatible titles. Yeah, that's Because my Xbox 360 digital library is very small. Uh, because I was stopping playing consoles as my number one way to game around the time that Xbox started, or Microsoft started to get pretty good about putting all games up digitally. So there are quite a few backwards compatible titles that I wouldn't mind sitting down and playing that obviously would run well on a more powerful system than the 360 because they ran pretty good on the 360. Uh, But anyways, you know, it would be nice to have access to those titles. Um, And I'm tempted. I mean, that would be something that would actually get me playing my Xbox again on a regular basis. I'm tempted to do that. I suppose I'll just basically just be checking in the rollout, make sure that it's implemented well and that the library is actually as robust as they say it is. Yeah, um, and uh, something big about this is that it's downloaded. It's not a stream thing. Right, which I think is which, smart. Which doesn't uh, PlayStation do this, but it's only streaming? Yeah, they're... Or something similar to this, I, might, uh, uh, I mean to say. They have yeah. a similar system, only it's uh, streaming only. And uh, streaming games is not exactly ideal for most action games. Yeah, also, they have the the PlayStation. What is it? PlayStation Now or yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, it might have changed, but last I heard, the if you actually paid for their subscription service, you only got a really small number of games that you could play. Otherwise, they charge you basically rental fees on the game, and you can play it for X amount of time, for you know X amount of money. It's like twenty bucks to rent a game for a month, I think most games yeah we're so. seeing a lot more of these uh uh subscriptions where you're given access to a particular block of games uh this is uh well the xbox version but we have uh, we've seen one on playstation we have 
EA doing two different versions depending on the uh, platform. Uh, do you think this is going to be uh, a lot more of what we see in the future where uh, you're buying a subscription to a particular publisher or a particular uh, platform? I think so. I think that um, EA Access or Vault, you know, again, depending on which way you're accessing it, um, it really kind of finally figured out how to make that system work. Because, I mean, I've said, I think we've said on this show together for a long time that if internet was better and they just found a way to make it work with less latency, game streaming services would be On live would be alive still. Yeah. And I think that they're figuring out ways to take that model and improve upon it and make it work. And I think that's going to be a thing. I mean, honestly, you know, if I wasn't... If I wasn't a big PC gamer, if I didn't have, you know, this huge PC library and everything, if I was still just playing on console, I would absolutely, without question, go for this service. Because it's such good value for your money. Ten yeah. bucks a month, access to a hundred games, um, you know, and sure, they're changing sometimes in, or changing out some and you'd have to be a little bit careful. But by and large, they, you would have so much variety of things that you could play all the time. I mean, I wouldn't ever... Well, maybe not ever, but I would very rarely buy games anymore at that point. Do you think this is going to really hurt GameStop? Yeah. I mean, this is, like we said last week with Taylor, I mean, GameStop is on their way out unless they come up with new ways to compete in the yeah, digital GameStop marketplace. Yeah, GameStop could become more of like the geek store. Uh, that's about the only way that they could survive. And this is uh, just a shot across the bow to them, really. <laughs> I mean, I think that this is going to, we're going to start seeing a decline of game sales across the board in physical retail shops, you know, GameStop, Walmart, Target, Best Buy, I mean, everywhere as games go more digital and uh, publishers and console well, makers. assuming one thing, that the FCC doesn't absolutely screw the internet uh, in the coming years. That's because, true. Yeah, uh, not to get too political, but... They are talking about attacking net neutrality again. Well, I shouldn't say talking about. They are attacking net neutrality again. Yes, we're going down this rabbit hole again. Well, I mean, other countries, though, that have stricter, you know, that don't have net neutrality or have a, a I guess, a, a weaker version of it, uh, still have thriving digital marketplaces. Yeah, I, but it would, it's injuring it. That's the thing. And uh when it's still uh when it's still this very very infancy of it it can be a grievous wound if you're having to deal with uh net neutrality issues on top of everything else yeah and they'll also of course assuming just how net neutrality comes down and uh if it goes away if my sp you know just refuses to give me a fast connection to whatever service that just takes it completely out yeah because downloading a game is about the biggest thing you could do right now uh for a particular piece of uh, entertainment even yeah. movies are smaller uh, than most games these days well you have to be a, a hardcore netflix user or you're watching netflix in 4k in order to 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 put that much uh in order to pull that much bandwidth. Because those you're streaming services have gotten they, really good at minimizing bandwidth usage. You're you know, assuming that they that without net neutrality, they don't start throttling that. That's the thing. It's well, not I'm not so talking about that. Total... 
I'm just talking uh, about not, like what you know the biggest things that you can download on the internet right well, now. Well, I was well, I was talking more of them throttling the overall speed, right. as well as uh, uh, just pure file size. Yeah, because a modern AAA games in the 50 gig range now. Yeah, give or take. Honest, <laughs> this is gonna honestly. I expect net neutrality to go away in the United States in the next few years and then listen if you listen closely you could hear kyle typing right now i i mean i expect net neutrality to go away in the united states in the next few years and then we will spend the better part of a decade to get it back honestly if we completely lose net neutrality i don't expect to get it back we'll get it back um, You're I mean, way more optimistic than me. Well, I mean, like we've talked about before, the United States is about to have a massive pendulum, switch, uh, pendulum swing from this massive uh, conservative regressive party to a progressive liberal party. I mean, that's just the way these things work. And the farther to the right that the the Trump administration pulls the pendulum, the farther to the left it's going to swing in the next Yeah, years. but the thing is that... Getting too far to the left is also somewhat of a regressive uh, party as well. That's fair where enough. The, where you start talking about censoring hate speech, or should I say hate speech and sarcasm quotes, where it's more criticism. Yeah, that's that's a fair that's a fair criticism. Uh, but oh, I oh, still you think mean hate that speech. <laughs> that's a fair hate speech. <laughs> but I think that 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 it'll swing back. I'm just, uh, my biggest fear is that we're going to uh, start going just from one extreme to another over and over again. I mean, we're already at one extreme. Uh, it's hard to imagine we're going to go much further in an extreme when we're uh, hearing the president talk about how we need to win wars again. Yeah. So it's more the answer to this. How extreme is the answer going to be? Are we going to get back to more of a central position? Or are we going to see you know, the extreme opposite? Yeah. Well, even the the liberal left in the United States is fairly conservative compared to the rest of the world. So, yeah, true. Uh, honestly, I think we're going to yeah, be fine. Yeah, true. Our, unless, until you start getting to the extreme crazy uh, left, uh, our left is more centrist than anything else. Yeah. So hopefully we'll swing back to the left and then we'll stay there. And then we'll be moderate compared to the rest of the world. But and the rest uh, of the world will still look like a, look at us and like you're fucking nuts. Probably. We are fucking nuts. Well, except for Japan. They are fucking nuts. Most likely <laughs> literally. Literally. <laughs> um so yeah, Xbox Game Pass. I think it's a good idea as long as they implement it well. And they're not totally BSing us about how many games are going to be on that service. Because that's the thing. It's like you get the you know value for your money. I don't know how far the number has to drop before and also, I don't feel well, like it's value, good well, value well, anymore. Well, it's not just numbers. It's also quality. Yeah. Because if – well, let's put it this way. There's a, uh, a bundle out right now that's – I think it's 40 games for a dollar uh, on Steam. Care to guess how many of those games are actually worth half a damn? Uh, four. Oh, you're shooting high. <laughs> What's the bundle? Oh, uh, it's... Oh, no, I need to go look for it. I want to see what it is. Just out of curiosity. 
Yeah, I'm having to hunt for it. Uh, I think it's a bundle star bundle. I just saw it earlier today and uh, I thought, wow. Uh, 46 games for $1. And let's put it this way. I looked at the list and there's a couple I've recognized and none of them are particularly good that I could uh, spot. So it was on bundle stars? Yeah, there's the link. Oh, okay. Oh, phone. Thank you, phone. I know that he sent me a message on Skype. You don't have to tell me. Hey, dude, you got a message on Skype. Dude, bruh. Hmm. I don't recognize many of these. <laughs> Maybe most, probably most of them. I recognize a couple, and they're not, and that's not a good thing. And I'm pretty sure this bundle is going to end before uh, the. Uh, uh, well, no, it ends in 13 days. Are these all Steam games? These are all Steam games. Well, shoot, I'll probably buy it just for trading cards. <laughs> and that's exactly what they're counting on. Yeah. I definitely will buy that for training cards. Not right now. I'll buy it later. I'll bookmark this for later. So, you know, you could say that you're getting 46 games, but you know, quality-wise, you're not getting any. And that's a, a bit of what I'm worried about with this, is that they're just going to pad it out with trash indie uh, games and, mm-hmm. and not have uh, the good stuff. I mean, Grant, they are talking about uh, Halo 5 Guardians, Payday 2, NBA uh, 2K16, Soul Calibur 2, but it also really comes down to what are you into? If you don't care about a basketball, if you don't care about fighting games, well, two of the uh, four I just listed are uh, complete waste on you. Right. I guess I'm thinking like, it, you know, I, I think that's why I think it's good value. Like the higher the number there is, the more likelihood that there are good games in there. In theory, until you start getting the CDs that says 1,000 games. Those are my favorite. You also have a lower taste. <laughs> you have a, you have a bigger, uh, you have a bigger. I have a higher to- tolerance you have, for you bullshit. Have a bigger, yeah. You have a bigger tolerance for trash, which explains this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of trash. Uh, well, next on the list is Community Corner, so are you well, calling our well, listeners well, trash? Well, I was thinking that the Discovery Queue was next. I skipped the Community Corner, which you don't have Discovery Queue on the list at all. Well, I said that we would see how we're doing on time at the top I of the show. I think we're doing then. all right, because we have no emails. Yep, no emails. Do tweets? Question of the week? Uh, we have uh, a couple there, which... Uh, when I restarted, I didn't I didn't open that. Let's see. Uh, well, no emails. Question of the week: What is your favorite side quest? In I answered hand? that. Yeah. Well, go on. Uh, I said the uh, Dark Brotherhood quest in Oblivion, where that you go to the mansion and do the little murder mystery, where you're the murderer and kill everyone in the house. Well, get everyone in the house to kill each other. The, the best way to <laughs> yeah, do which, it. Yeah, that's really up there for me. Uh, uh, there's one in uh, Fallout where uh, you have all the ghouls that are trying to go into space. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Uh, well, they do that a couple of times, don't they? That happens in, I think, Fallout 2. Uh, well, that's, happens the one in I was Fallout thinking, New Vegas. The one I was thinking of was New Vegas. Yeah. But also... 
uh, I really like where the game changes. Or, yeah, it does something different. Like the painting quest in Oblivion also really jumps to mind. Yep, that's a pretty good one. Granted, it's still the basic game, but it you know they change up the art style some, and uh, you're fighting some really tough enemies there. Yeah. Uh, and let's see, Kyle, uh, look, he's gushing about Dark Souls again. <laughs> the Segamar of uh, Katarina, which I know I'm butchering that, that but I don't care. <laughs> Were there any uh, other responses? He, he says that Flip's game, he drips on its head, so, uh, okay, we'll go with that. And no, there was no other responses. And we only have a couple of tweets. Maybe this okay. is why I was you know, skipping right to Discovery Queue, was that not a lot in the community corner this week. Sure. Uh, Chemist, uh, Steam Controller API update supports direct input controllers. Yay for native adapter. Now I will never have to use the Xbox, uh, oh, sorry, X360CE again. Which, uh, it, they started that with the uh, uh, DualShock 4, didn't they? Uh, the, because the DualShock is a direct input uh, device, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. So it's more expanding when they uh, added support to that, which is, uh, yeah, having uh, native support is always a good thing. Indeed. I wonder if we're going to see Steam uh, uh, adding support for things like fighting sticks, because those tend to be direct support if they have it already. I have it best with the the Steam controller overlay for uh, the uh, DualShock 4 a lot, because... Honestly, it the only thing I absolutely hate about how they handle it is that the the button to turn on and off the controller is also the same button that loads up big picture mode. And yeah. if I like big picture mode, that wouldn't be a problem, but I'm sitting at my computer. I'm just trying to turn on the fucking controller. Or more importantly, I'm trying to turn off the fucking controller. I know the Steam Link has a lot of built-in controller supports. I couldn't imagine that. That well, they, they, ha- they have with. Bluetooth built in. They have the Steam adapter built in. Yeah, but also anything that works via USB, well, well, almost anything, you can plug in and just use. So I would imagine that those are using all the same, all the same stuff that Steam yeah. itself, the Steam client uses. Yeah, most likely that. Uh, so the, it's really uh, a lot of people I've seen are qu- scratching their head about why Steam is being so open with other controllers, and that's why they're trying to sell the same link. Yeah, that and also you know trying to be a good company because yes, you can poke fun at them about uh, you know not uh, producing any games that have the number three in them, and yes, they have done shitty things in the past, but they have corrected a lot of their issues. I'm just a little concerned with some of the things that's coming up with them, particularly the Steam Direct. Yeah. We'll see how that goes, though. Yeah, let's see. Ghost Shark, just listened to the podcast. Was going well until you started talking about Overwatch. Grumble, grumble. <laughs> <laughs> also, no letter last week because uh, Jared had homework to do so he could play my letter uh, from when I was live. You're right. We haven't done that, have we? Nope. Whoops. I don't remember what my homework was, so we'll just not do that this week. I'll have to go back and listen to it. Yeah, see, uh, this is Jared's fault, not mine. Yeah, it's fine. And Kyle, uh, hey, uh, VGL community, 
Uh, we finally got a more permanent version of the Minecraft server up and running. Uh, see Discord for details, which I p- uh, pinned the uh, the IP for that in the Discord channel. So there you go. Yep. And that's all the tweets. Uh, if you wish to email us, you, you can do so at vglpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at vglpodcast on Twitter. Indeed. Uh, so you want to do a Steam... Q discovery yeah, Q. Yeah, we're running a little uh, short, so why not? Well, I mean, I could go to bed before two thirty or three in the morning. On we can't Tuesday have that. Night. I could do that. Can't have that. Okay, we'll do one discovery Q and then we'll wrap it up. I mean, I closed the Steam. Yeah, I got Steam. one right away. It is an early access uh, city builder. Called Northgard. Northgard. I'll send you a link to this. It looks very, very interesting. It has almost. It looks almost a cross between uh, Banished and sort of a Civ uh, feel, where it's uh, pulled out a lot further than a lot of the city builders I've seen. Mm-hmm. Well, I should call it Town Builder, not City Builder. Uh, early access still uh, not that expensive. I mean, it's a little on the more expensive side of uh, the early access side at $17, usually 20 but it looks like it's on a promotion right now. But not bad looking. Uh, so my first game right away, Black Wake. If I remember, there's a couple of these games actually that exist, but I think Black Wake is the one that was debuted at E3 this past year that had the very obvious fake youtuber streamer people that they uh, played it that for the demonstration that was also uh this that c game yeah which oh and by the way i added the extra uh, u and e uh, to q <laughs> unless you meant for the uh discovery q to be spanish for what <laughs> no i wasn't thinking when i put that um but i'm actually interested in black wake Okay, it we'll looks, put it on the list. <laughs> it looks uh, looks fun. So, yeah, I will put it on the list. And let's see. My next one immediately was Pixel Privateers. It looks like it's essentially uh, Pixel Pirates, only a little bit more fleshed out. It's a squad-based tactical RPG. Uh, loot em up. Okay. Yeah, I'll drop that on the list so you can see it. It, uh, it looks a lot more polished than uh, Pixel Pirates. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, with uh, my reference. Yeah, it's, Pixel. I have Pixel Pirates. Yeah, it's an alright game. Not my cup of tea, but I mean, it's a good game. It's just not my. It looks like it's a lot more fleshed out than what that one is. And I'm getting a couple that's not really interesting. Oh, Dead Rising 4. It's suggesting that. <laughs> Which is a, a supposedly the worst in the series. <laughs> I've also gotten several not interesting. I'm oh, hey, Northgard, Northgard showed up in mine, too. <laughs> oh. uh, well, I'm passing on uh, Dead Rising 4. Like I said, it seems like it's the worst in the series. I'm getting yeah. a lot of multiplayer uh, shooters as well. Oh, look, I'm back in the soccer. <laughs> getting lots of, oh, Dead Rising 4 on mine, too. I guess oh, we're getting God. some new ones, some new games this week. Oh, dear God. <laughs> well, I, 
I just saw the trailer for this and thought, uh, Jared? What is it? It's called, it's called Feminazi the Triggering. Oh, God. I have to show you this, so it ends up on the list anyway. Feminazi the Triggering. Here we go. I looked it up already. I've got a second Steam tab open. I have no idea. I mean, it looks like it's... Oh, my gosh. It's Jesus. <laughs> um, um, These are the guys that did the the game made fun of uh, Kim Jong-un in North <laughs> Korea. I recognize these guys instantly yeah, because of Jesus. It's a stupid game. And, like, they know it's stupid. They know they're just having... Yeah, they're they're taking the, the piss. Yeah, that, that's the difference between a bad game and a bad game made on purpose. I mean, great. Yeah. I wouldn't buy this, even if it is only a dollar, but still. <clears throat> yeah, this is a... I mean, Hopefully this lo- is another game on that same I mean, it caliber. looks terrible. But it's, yeah, it's one of those things that I can't look away. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Jim Sterling has been made aware of this, going back to him. Because <laughs> he's the one, like, I saw his video about the first one. And, like, it's definitely a bad game. But it's a game that, like, knows it's bad and is taking the piss. And it actually is doing that fairly well. So hopefully this one is... Is that as well? Well, I'm getting some interesting ones this week. Oh, I'm still staring at Feminazi the triggering. I should go back to my list. I got Finding Bigfoot. Finding oh, that's my whole queue. I still have a couple more left. Uh, it seems like I'm, I'm maybe I'm getting better ones for me because I have a bigger, uh, uh, well, pool of uh, things, but. This yeah, looks, uh, it's a it's not a bad looking game. I mean, some of the screenshots in this look almost too good to be uh, true. You know, I, I want to believe. Very, I mean, X Files right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it looks like almost a uh, well, it's a survival game slash uh, mystery almost. It's marked as not interesting or is not interested for me. So I've already seen this on my discovery queue. My biggest problem with the discovery queue is that I've discovered like 10,000 games or something yeah. already. So yeah, let's see. No, um, I only have a couple remaining and yeah, what is it? Uh, it's the, uh, it's online art, uh, online, uh, FPS. And does it look like it's very highly rated and it looks like it's a dead game. What is it? Uh, line of sight. Line of sight. Uh, let's put it this way: cons, hit reg, hit box, head glitching. Uh, well, it's a free to play game, so they're claiming pay to win. Yeah, it's got thirteen hundred active players right now. Well, I didn't. Um, not on Chrome right now, so. Yeah, Chrome's been throwing fits for me. Which I mean, thirteen hundred isn't huge, but uh, uh, okay, it's not dead, but it uh, yeah, is. There, there's just a lot of people uh, complaining about it. <laughs> it's twelve hundred more people than than are playing Battleborn right now. True. Uh, what about our whipping boy? Evolve. Yeah. Is that still on Steam? Because they shut down, or they were shutting it down. On. You think things leave Steam just because they've shut down? Oh no, it's here. It's still here. Currently, there are, waiting on it to load, 247 people playing Evolve. So it's got 
1,100 more people than Evolve and 1,200 more than Battleborn. And, oh, dear God. Uh, is that a... That's a monkey pissing off a building. Excellent. It looks like uh, a kaju game, a, a beat up of some sort. What is it? Uh, Bedfellows Frenzy. Bedfellows Frenzy. Let's just put okay. it this way. The... Uh, the uh, trailer has a monkey pissing off a, a building, uh, destroying other buildings with it. <laughs> it's a giant rabbit bunny. It looks terrible. <laughs> it does look terrible. It looks like it's trying to be a funny version of... Yeah, I'm blanking on the name of it myself. I was Total t- trying to th- Carnage? Is that it? Maybe that's it, yeah. But I mean, I know we know we both know the same. We're thinking of the same game. Yeah, it's just not good, <laughs> and not even uh, yeah, funny, not good. Yeah. So that's my discovery cue done. Rampage. Rampage. Yeah, I, w- I was trying to think of it, but it just couldn't. Yeah. So I ended up with a lot more this time around than you did again. That will probably be a trend. I mean, every once in a while, I'm I'm going to stop checking my queue to save it for this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, every once in a while, I'll get a queue that has several good games in it that I'm interested in. But, yeah, but that never does not happen very often anymore. But like I said, I'm going to stop going through my queue on regular basis. But the thing races. is also that uh, I'm a, a person that will... Uh, think something looks interesting but i'll uh, wait to see you know what happens with it right oh well if you're this bored i guess it's time to start wrapping things up i'm not bored i'm sleeping Uh, yeah close enough i guess right well this is for the the feminazis (laughs) this is the portion of the show where that uh i go first and talk about my stuff so on the youtubes this week uh i dumped a bunch of of streams on there that have not been put on youtube so for the next seven or eight days aside from the podcast it's all been assigned to stream although i guess by the time this goes up there'll only be like three or four days left but still a whole bunch of streams uh on youtube right now i have uh edited and uploaded several more episodes of um divinity as well but they won't be coming until after the stream so that'll be next week sometime uh, if you want to subscribe to me on YouTube, you can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, where I tweet about all kinds of things, uh, I tweeted a couple of times about my interview on Thursday, so hopefully there'll be a couple more tweets before this goes up, where then I'm saying, I'm getting hired and I'm making more money and have benefits, good benefits now, instead of the sad tweet that says that they didn't like me. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter at JMA4707. If you want to watch me stream games on Twitch, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. Uh, coming up, I'm going to be streaming a lot more than usual because my wife is going to be gone on a trip, so I don't have to worry about children or other people that need me to do things. Or pants. Like, like love them and, and you know, help <laughs> take care of them. I don't have to worry about that for... It's not quite two weeks. I think it's 12 days, but still. Yeah, but let's be honest. Uh, uh, 
it'll take you a while to actually care again. So it'll round out to two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be two weeks. Uh, there'll be some extra streams. I'm not like planning on streaming like daily or anything like that, but I'll be streaming some single player content and things like that. Um, and maybe some extra multiplayer stuff too. We'll see. I do still have to go to the clinic and things like that most of the time. And I am going to take a couple of days off where that I just sit very quietly and don't even talk to, to you guys. That's always you nice to, to recharge. Not going to talk to anybody unless there's an emergency for you're, like you're, two you're days. Just, you're just going to be sitting there in your plane <laughs> uh, soaring. <laughs> yes. Or watching lots of anime. That's what those couple of days are going to be. Yeah, just which, watching anime. Yeah, which I'm going to have to suggest you a few series, aren't I? I've got several that I need to catch up on and finish. So you can suggest a way, but I don't know if I'll get to them. Uh, so about the streaming, uh, I I posted a little random tweet about this earlier today uh, through VGL, but uh, yeah, I left I'm that off there uh, to uh, let you talk about it. Right. So I did some uh, among er, in addition to putting like ten videos from Twitch on YouTube, uh, I went and changed my profile around a little bit because uh, it was still like full of Kerbalcast stuff. And I got rid of all that. I made it VGL stuff. And I'm seriously considering uh, using that as sort of the official VGL Twitch well, stream. Uh, if we're going to do uh, like a community stream thing where it's different people from the community, we should probably have our you know, a VGL full you know, with a username. Right. Well, I was going to kind of use this as a test bed for maybe doing that. One, to see if there's any interest in people who want to stream in the VGL community. Or the other option is the that, community. Well, 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 the thing is that they also recently put in where you could change Twitch usernames. Yeah. Yep. I did see that today. Um, Which I know so, at least one streamer that is probably cussing right now because he dropped a, a, an account that had several thousand people to rebrand. <laughs> yeah. So... Anyways, uh, I'm just kind of gauging interest right now to see how seriously I should take this before I make any serious moves. If there's anybody out there who really wants to be a bigger part of our community, we will. I will will do some test hosting with my Twitch uh, profile or my Twitch. I'm not 100% sure how it works, but we'll host you streaming on our profile, and then you can have the VGL audience and the few sub Twitch subscribers that I do have uh, to potentially put your content out there. Are we going to so, end up having VGL TV? Maybe. If we get enough people who want to do it. We've, we've got enough people spread out around the world that we could potentially have someone streaming 24-7, 365. Irony of this immediately after talking about a Twitch streamer dying. Well, see, it's not going to be... Well, <laughs> you do you, people. If you want to stream 24 hours straight and risk it, personal freedoms and all that, but... I doubt we would have that on our channel because everyone that's major contributors already are, they have school or work or something. They couldn't do it anyways. But anyways, yeah, uh, we can do some testing. Anybody who wants to, I believe it was Kyle who said that he would wanted to. So Kyle, you can be the guinea pig in this, but anyone else that wants I, I to give it a shot. I prefer Space Monkey. <laughs> anyone else though that wants to give it a shot, uh, we can set something up and... Try it. Uh, my Wednesday and Friday time slots will remain the same, and those will be for me. But anyone who else who wants to come on, 
you know, you can just go whenever that I'm not doing that. So uh, that is twitch.tv slash jarthur4707, and we might rebrand that to VGL. We'll see how that goes, but for now, it's still twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. And if you want to be my friend on Steam, where you can talk to me about all kinds of things, uh, get to know me, problems that you're having in life, uh, questions for improving yourself. I've actually gotten a couple of ideas for video series that I want to somehow find time to do. Well, you do video series on your own? I want to, uh, but it's, you know, the time factor. But anyways, I've gotten a few ideas from people there, aside from my All About Me series, which I'm uh, in pre-production right now. I've got several scripts written, and one of the projects I'm going to do while I've got the whole house to myself for two weeks is get all of this stuff ready, the the All About Me series. Okay, so, so uh, anybody want to take bets on just the percentage of shit he gets done? If I can get half of my list done, I will be a happy camper. My list is pretty long. And I, I'll be I don't amazed. Have it, I don't have it prioritized yet. I need to prioritize my list. Uh, I'm not going to work myself to death. Like I said, I'm going to take a couple of days off, and I'll be playing a lot more games than usual. But I do have a lot of things that I need to do and some stuff I want to do. We'll see. I might, uh, once I get it all, I might write it out all officially and take a picture and, and tweet it later. We'll see. Anyways, though, back to my initial point. If you want to be friends with me on Steam so you can talk to me about whatever, whenever that is, my Steam username is jarthur4707. I will accept your friend request and hope that you're cool. So far, everyone's been cool. And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is soaring. <laughs> That's good. That's very, very thematic. Yeah, right, occasionally Rich. I'm ap- appropriate. Occasionally. So what's going on with your channel? Oh, channel right now it's just, uh, well, if you pardon the turn of phrase, in a holding pattern because I'm in the middle of all my series. Uh, Grow Up is, I would say, uh, probably about halfway through. It's going to be a game that I think is either going to end very quickly or it's going to just drag out because... I've got most of the parts already recorded, be collecting. Uh, the uh, game is pretty much open world. But the thing is that I have to get them all to the moon and get there myself. And I'm not sure how they want me to do that just yet. So that could be a while. I have no idea what's going on with that. I guess we'll see in my next recording session. Rimworld, I'm still uh, with the victims of circumstance. I'm... Probably going to record that tomorrow evening after the stream, assuming that we do stream tomorrow. That's still the plan. And, well, Divinity Original Sin is still ongoing as well, and we're probably about a quarter of the way through that, as as amazing as that sounds. (laughs) Are we really? We've only been playing for like 50 hours. That's a very, very long game. Uh, Well, probably about a third of the way through. Uh, that's my estimate. Granted, I'm not looking at any walkthroughs uh, to try to estimate this. I'm just going off our hours played. And we uh, and I uh, rendered episode 25. Right, so that's probably somewhere in the ballpark of 28 hours. Yeah, 28 we, to 30. Yeah. So that's why I'm, that's where I'm getting about the third of, it, uh, yeah, of the game. 
But that also, you know, depends on how many uh, times we just go off on a complete tangent and start doing side quests. Or just start randomly murdering people. You know, either or. <laughs> what? We would never do that, would we? <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, and well, of course, the Sunday sampler is always has weird shit that shows up, and occasionally something good like Tale of the Skyfish. See, I remembered it. it's not Windfish, it's Skyfish, which is kind of strange because it was found under the sea. Don't question it, don't question it. And well, this podcast appears there on Fridays at noon. You can find all of that over at Gaming with Caffeine Rage, or you can see me tweet somewhat randomly over on Twitter, Gaming with CR. And well, if you're not watching, well, if you're watching this on YouTube or uh, on either of our channels, or finding this through a different place, you can find our show notes over at bglpodcast.podbean.com. Or I'm assuming iTunes and Google Play also has the show notes, and you could uh, subscribe to us there as well. Once again, you could contact us bglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, or tweet us at bglpodcast. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash bglpodcast if you wish to help pay for this madness. Our let me... Oh. Sorry, let me cut in here for just a second. Uh, I posted a tweet also today from the VGO Twitter account. Which is uh, a rarity. We've met, we've met a third of our uh, money that we have to have to pay for hosting for another year. So we'll hit that pretty soon, and that is all thanks to our generous and lovely Patreon supporters. Uh, wouldn't be able to do it without you. We'd still be mooching off of Internet Archive <laughs> if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you for your support. I hope that we continue to earn it, and I'd love to earn more from other people who are generously willing to give. And also be able to spread the word. Uh, Sprawling. Yeah. <laughs> Mike it. Or is that just, uh, you know, uh, your post uh, uh, thank you noise? Sprawling. <laughs> oh, I'm just happy to see you. Wink. Wait for the sprawling. There, there we go. go. There's a good one. <laughs> All right, you can you can carry on whenever you're ready. I just wanted to cut oh. into. To, oh, to well, thank I'm pretty our sure you're already carrying on. Uh, our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work in computectong.com and Sprawling. <laughs> <laughs> as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye bye now. Sprawling. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>